Have you done this before? I've done this like a thousand times. <laughs> Why is this being stupid at me? Is the deep state after your account, David? Let's Pinterest? <laughs> That's a, is that still a thing? Oh, this is a share request. That's why. Okay, yeah, we don't... No, we're not doing that. We're just moving to a different... We're doing a whole different thing, Google. Google like, work with me here. So, Ryan, you've been unionizing. Absolutely. Day, e uh, morning, noon, and night, it, uh, it turns out. What does that involve? Or is that trade secrets? Tra uh, partial trade secrets. You know, I, I wouldn't mind sharing... Uh, you know, so it's been a while since the update. So I spent a I spent a time unemployed because uh, I quit. You know, I quit being a professor, and it was an intentional decision, right? Like it was. Oh, you're an unemployee. I was an unemployee, Ed, and uh, yeah, because sorry, so I, I I liked organizing my workplace. Like as weird as that sounds, um, I like the challenge of it, and you know, being a being an introvert and a leftist, you know, like I was like, there's the, there's no reason these things need to need to be in conflict with each other. So, um, but also, right, like you know, I ostensibly have a value system where I care about people. Um, and we talked about it on the thing on prior podcasts, right? Like just re going out and listening to other people's experiences. I mean, mine at the place I was organizing um, were relatively positive, but I knew that there. I mean, obviously there were issues, right? But like, it wasn't hell to go to work every day, and yet, you know there's still <laughs> this changes still needed to be made. Um, but it was also like the recognition and this is like, this was like tough. Um, is that like, I knew that there was no path forward or career in the place I was at. Uh, Cause you know, being part-time and then stringing four part-time jobs together, you're only right. Like if I'm, if I'm going to stay in this field, it's only dependent on my ability to secure some sort of full-time sustainable right like we'll throw that word around yeah and i was going to say you you sort of buried the the actual job itself was not hell but i assume that was at least in part because you weren't like properly compensated to do it yeah so yeah they could make those kinds of concessions absolutely oh, no yeah I, I suppose so even but even like among the full-timers right like there's extra bullshit but the bullshit doesn't take away like the core from the job because like essentially being like a full-time professor you're gonna have to be someone who's dedicated to teaching or you can be someone who avoids that and still maintain your job, right? So, yep. like, you know, especially at Valencia, I assume. Yeah, more so at Valencia, especially because the administrative bloat at that institution is uh, just impressive. I'll be uh, like, I don't, <laughs> don't want to. <laughs> they really outdid themselves. Yeah, no, yeah, they they really did. And um, so the idea then was was like, all right, well, you know, I liked teaching, and if I was to get a full time position, it would just be I would be teaching and and helping students and helping young people, um, and that was the that was that was that's what makes the job good is um and um and yeah so like the the grind right like showing up to the mill every day so to speak of you know being a professor was not the problem um but nonetheless right like i knew that there were changes that needed to be made and there was and then um right but i i do i do want to get this point across right which is like part of the reason i org i started organizing was i recognized that there would be there, there was no future in it right and that became that became like in being an adjunct yeah in being an adjunct there's no future i mean well the future is you know what was i going to do work another 10 15 20 years um making twenty seven thousand dollars a year with no benefits like was that was was that going to be my my reality because like i made more money working construction but you know during the iraq war <laughs> like in in florida uh, than i did being an adjunct professor so you know money was obviously the issue because you know there it just it solves it solves problems um and, but no, right. Like I wanted, you know, I wanted, 
there to be something from that that I could be relied upon because that's the other component of it is that like while you live in a world where you know especially under the system we have now there's no like guarantee like oh I have a full time job it's like a guaranteed job or I could see myself going there another twenty years in this position nonetheless like that should be the goddamn goal like unless you're a maniac who just wants to advance in the world in which case you know your goal is you know, in addition to that, you embrace the instability that can come from that, right? Like that's part of how you climb is that you embrace the idea that like, I'm not going to be in this job in two to three years. Um, but that wasn't one, it wasn't for me, David, it just wasn't for me because <laughs> I had all the instability, but none of the possible, but none of the possibility. Sure. And that was where, uh, that was the problem. And but, you took it out on your students, so they fired you. No, uh, okay. I, I still love, I still love teaching even through this process. And if anything, it, it like changed my relationship to teaching. You know, like I we started, you know, I started being more frank about like, you know, what what you know, power and the p word as we call it, right? The power. And um, <laughs> but that's a, but that's a conversation that people don't have. Like I, you know, even when you're trained as an organizer, you ask people about like, when was the last time you felt powerful? When was the last time you felt respected? Uh, at your job specifically. And dear listener, I just asked the question of you, right? Like imagine in your, like the last time you felt you had power or were respected um, in your job. Um, and just speaking personally, uh, that didn't fucking, you know, it doesn't happen. And, but the problem is that when, when not the problem, but the, the issue is that when you start organizing, you realize that power is an inherent, is it, it's inherent in the system as Monty Python would say, right? Like power <laughs> is baked into the cake um, and as soon as you start pushing back on any of that is when you realize that you realize power exists in its corrective mechanism, right? Like you feel it like bearing down on you whenever you try to present change or ideas or try to influence uh, things. Um, and so um, I quit. I quit fucking teaching. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do uh, the only thing I was good at while I was teaching, which was organizing. And there was about two years or so where I didn't have steady work. And I was lucky enough because I, you know, I didn't give up and I kept trying and, um, you know, and, you know, it's, it's connections and demonstrating that you're able and capable, ready, willing, and able. And I was able to get a full-time organizing position and, uh, it's been, it's changed my life. Like it's, it's really, really, really great to have f full-time employment for the first time in four, like 12, 13 years of my life. Um, Salaried employee. Sal oh yes, for no, the first time. First time, yes. Salaried employment, and we've had some in-depth discussions about how I need to approach a salaried position. Um, but nonetheless, organizing is going well, and um, it is you know, in talking about power, and talking about organizing, and talking about bringing people to a common purpose. Uh, you know, that is uh, that is it is challenging, uh, and it is uh, rewarding. Um, and uh, yeah, it's not hell to go to work every day again. So like that's <laughs> fucking positive. I've been lucky in the sense that every job I've gotten into, I've you know even even construction. You know, I, I pick like the, the 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 wimpiest kind of construction, being a painter. But like even that, like, do you get made fun of for that on the site? Yeah, uh, you know, there your your um, you know your huffers. You know, like there's always, there's a, oh, okay, there is an okay. implication that the highest people on any construction site are the painters either from the craft themselves or because like, you know, you, you gotta be, you know, like we kind of look like stoners and rejects. Is uh, it true? Uh, absolutely not. Like oh, okay. the, my, in my experience, the most, uh, no, I won't call it a trade. Um, but in just my, in, the, in just the random experience on the job site, being a construction, there were groups of workers that I found to be much more intoxicated than we were. Um, but also it's, uh, as weird as it sounds, right? Like it's a job that requires detail and a certain amount of finesse. Um, you know, like painting a straight line is surprisingly not something a lot of people can do. And if you've ever tried to paint your own home um, without even 
the kind of like steps you can take to make that easier on you. Uh, I'm sure you've noticed painting a straight line is fucking hard, and uh, it's not well respected if you can do it well either. <laughs> no. No, no, no. It's it's definitely blue collar work of one stripe or another. Yeah, but, but it's not even like, I mean, I get, I, I can imagine it gets exhausting, but it's also just you're not you're not literally hauling shit around all the time. Yep. Not like laying bricks, which yep. is the first thing that always comes to mind, which is a bad example because nobody does that. Nope. Um, but with, another with block layers. Block layers, yeah. yeah. Block. I, I'd say bricklaying. Bricklaying, especially, I think is is kind of cheating because they are. They are a job that requires extreme physicality with, an, with a high degree of finesse as well, and that's impressive. Um, but yeah, like carpenters, you know, f- you know, most most carpenters, especially in commercial construction, is just framing. Um, you know, there's not a lot of like crafting that goes into that. It's not sort of like disparage it, but like you're not. A lot of them are not constru- making, building, and uh, uh, you know, planning, and then building cabinets or something like that. <laughs> right? Like a carpenter, uh, but even like cabinetry is it's like its own specialty in carpentry. Um, you know, but a lot of it's modular and it's not to say it's not talent or anything like that. Um, but yeah, no, like roofing is incredibly strenuous, incredibly difficult f- work to do. Incredibly dangerous. Yes, absolutely. All those things. And, um, so at the same time, right? Like I'll take uh, some shit from a roofer, um, because I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Like that's roofing is one of the only things yeah. I'm considering paying someone else to do around here. And you should absolutely do that. Cause it is, it is very, very, very tough work. I and do not trust the design of my roof. Nope. To support a human being of my size. Nope. I, it's, it is. Yeah. It is by far one of the least uh, advantageous things. And then, um, and laying concrete, uh, you know, a masonry of any kind, but especially, you know, concrete pours and things like that. Like that's just, you know, uh, that's that's horrible, tough, really difficult work as well. And I don't, you know, like so on the job site, right? Like knowing that you have it relatively easy from like a a labor, a manual labor standpoint. Um, but nonetheless, right? Like the job comes with comes with its own real bizarre set of challenges being a painter. And uh, yeah, and you got to have a mindset to get into it. And the mindset is apparently fucking weird. Like that's what, <laughs> that's what it takes to be a good painter. Got to be a little strange. Can you spot them? Can you spot painters on the job site? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Well, because okay. So then the other thing is, is especially if it, because if, we have the uniform, right? We call them painters whites. Oh, okay. my whites okay. were never white, so my whites were filthy. I meant a dispositional kind of. You can spot them. Yeah, usually long hair. Um, you know, vacant, <laughs> <laughs> vacant uh, kind of like you know, you know, like you, you know, kind of kind of smile. Maybe a little, a little, uh, a little bounce to the haunch. You know, like they kind of. Bounce around. Kind of look like st- they're high all the time. Yeah. We got to move at a steady pace. Like, that's the thing. That's the other thing about commercial painting is that, like, just keep fucking getting it on the wall. So they have, like, this, like, steadiness because there's not a lot of, like, you don't do a lot of, like, burst work. You know, like, it's <laughs> like, hey, we have to work really hard at painting for, for an hour. And then, no, like, your job is to get up and then you paint for, like, six hours and maybe a couple breaks in between that. And, yeah, just keep going. Like, <laughs> just keep going and a lot of other trades it's fucking work 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 or rest and then rest and then rest and then prep and then prep and then prep and then work 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 and then you're kind of you know you kind of sh- you, you you show up for those like two to three hours but and everything's kind of on the other side of that and painting's like no just show up early get your brush and you just paint and keep painting and keep painting and that's like it's oddly enough everyone that i worked with that failed at that um it was that inability to like just keep painting like just, keep like, doing just it. fucking keep painting yeah that's why i can't do it just keep painting that's all you got to do it's too steady yeah it's way too steady i'm gonna go swap this out i uh i 
burn the shit out of the side of my hand. Um, Doing undisclosed activities. What? I mean, we disclosed the activity. It's just I, I cut all the rest of it off because I thought it was funny to cut it off at that point. I don't know if you listen to the So I brought some, uh, I've got some uh, bagel encased sausages for us. Bagel? For the movie. Yeah, the, the, the Nathan's bagel peanut butter. No, not peanut butter. Uh, what are they called? Hot dogs. Yeah, I'm thinking about peanut what, butter. What, corn dogs? Yeah, corn dogs. There, thank you. Yeah. Bagel corn dogs? Yeah, bagel bagel dogs. Are they, yeah, they, they must just be bagel dogs. Yeah. Oh, that and they're not on a stick. I almost didn't buy them because they weren't on sticks, but I decided, I'm like, Ryan, expand your boundaries. Like, I don't know. Those exp- corn dogs are pretty good. I, look, there is a reason fairs exist, and 80% of that reason is uh, the food and... The other 20% are either the fear of death or being robbed by carnies. Yeah, what, what else happens at fairs? That, that's it. For eating, being afraid at shabbily thrown together rides, and uh, getting taken by the, by, the, by the traveling grifters of our society. Uh, and I don't mean lawyers, so that's... <laughs> I guess Matt's not going to be here, what? so I'm not going to bother to postpone talking about this. I'm just going to get straight into it. So... I know, you heard of this guy, uh, Jordan Peterson? Uh, I've uh, I, I know he is. Uh, I've seen him for his best work, which is uh, Jungian analysis of Disney cartoons. That is absolutely his fort. Um, right. But I hear he's drifted out of his comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. To the detriment of he, all of us. He's talking to more kids now. Um, one of the things he keeps talking to kids and man kids about are uh, rules. Okay. Because he's like the dad that they wish they had. You that know, is a, true. A five foot four hypochondriac um modern feminized capitalism does does not produce good dads yeah he um i've seen that on reddit yeah it's um it's a little it's a little depressing but he has two books yes he couldn't even just stop at one book of rules (laughs) he came up with two books of rules so how does i mean does he still say like you should buy the first book of rules like i'm gonna guess okay although at the same time i that may actually be a bad strategy because it turns out a lot of these rules, um, I don't want to say they're like direct self-plagiarism. There's a little bit of overlap going on. Okay. Okay. Of, I think the second set's better than the first, though. So okay. good on him for uh, continuing to grow as a person. Well, you know, if you're, if you're a writer, you're not getting paid unless you're writing. The same thing. <laughs> All right. So what are these rules? Let's see. Your 12 All right. rules. All right. So I have, I, I put in a commentary about each of these. Great. I don't, I, it's on the website. I'm not going to read it back for you. Uh, that's not the point of a podcast. It could be the point of a podcast. All right. Well, let's just, well, then we could, we could content it up. But anyway, the first rule is stand up straight with your shoulders back. And I hate that this is the first rule. Yeah. The first rule that is literally in the, like the book. It's the first rule. Yeah. It's the first rule. Chapter one, stand up straight with your shoulders back because okay. it, Right out of the gate, we're talking about like just literal presentation. We're not talking about fundaments. Right. We're not ta- like we're we're literally talking about the way that you present yourself to the world. And now I'll grant you, in in the universe of psychology, where you know smiling makes people happy, it's not like it doesn't impart confidence in you to evince this stance. But also, it's a lie. So you probably shouldn't start with that one. Yeah. I would say. No, that is the fake it till you make it uh, rule. Literally, I mean, yeah. yeah. And like, I just, I don't I don't get it. Also, yeah. it's 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 very braggarty. It's not, um, it's showy. Like, he, he believes in marketing, um, which is maybe actually the primary differentiator. Yeah, you just between, said a lot there. Between like, him and everyone else. Yeah, no, you did, but you just said a lot there, right? Like, he believes in marketing. 
Like yeah. people like I know that people are aware of marketing, but there's a very <laughs> small subset of people who believe in it. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I, I, there's a specific kind of marketing, like the Rory Sutherland type marketing that I'm a fan of, but that's mostly because Rory Sutherland's not a marketer. He's an engineer and doesn't know it. Gotcha. Um, but, you know, whatever. It's the field that he swims in. Rule number two is treat yourself like you are someone you are responsible for helping, which is uh, wordy, but also a little confusing because if you're um, a fuck up right. who needs a book full of rules like stand up straight, uh, and pull up your pants. He doesn't actually say pull up your pants. He should say. Um, I don't know that I would trust your intuitions about how to help other people. Like you are responsible for helping. Okay. Treat yourself. I got to repeat this. Okay. Because I, I feel like I'm having word right. jumbled line, by reading this. Line. Treat yourself like you are someone you are responsible for helping. Treat yourself like you are someone you are that's okay the first off the there's too many yous no treat yourself like you're someone you are responsible for treating i don't so uh, do i need to be changed daily like i don't like (laughs) um okay yeah well that assumes you you know how to help i mean that's i guess if you think about it that's good like if you consider the pot but then you could just think about the way that you treat yourself i don't know that you even need the qualifier there um it's one of those things where it's like well did you even mildly for a second consider this like that's this is the the primary benefit of therapy is to get people to actually think about things which they simply do not do on their own right um, Cause that's like a Zen cone of Western psychology. Like I'm just, I'm drawing blanks. I, I'm like, am I supposed to like <laughs> reach a, a Zen state? Cause just ruminating on that isn't, it isn't helping me. I don't know what else you're supposed to do with it. Okay, yeah. Cause again, you have to, and I, I think I, yeah, my, uh, my response to this was, uh, I find that I respond best on average to objectification personally. Right. Uh, is that good? And would anyone else accept that from me? Even if it was good for them, like, <laughs> It, it, it's it's very it's like uh, Pendulette has a um, has a bone to pick with the golden rule. Um, he doesn't he doesn't want a, he doesn't want to treat other people the way they want um, the way he would like to be treated. He would like to treat them the way they would like to be treated. Yes, that, no, that because once again, yeah, it's a little because I mean, if for one thing, like it's assuming a lot of people for people who would buy this book are the people who are kind of like messed up. And it's like the first, like the, f- the second rule is like, just trust your judgment. Yeah. Like, you've picked up this book because you need help in, in your life, but trust yourself. Like stand up straight, help other people. It's like, slow down. No, help other, help yourself. <laughs> like you're helping other people. Oh yeah. Right. I, yeah. I was being too charitable. No. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a much better first rule. <laughs> Try to help someone else yeah. and then treat yourself like you're trying to help them. Yeah, absolutely. Like that would. Okay. All right, no. we're cooking. We're cooking with gas so far. So this is a second bite at the apple, though. This is a <laughs> this is the second book of rules. No, no, no. This is this is twelve rules for life. Okay, and so then this is the first one. His next book is twelve more rules for life. Okay, good. Yeah. I was about to say because this would be bad if it was a. Oh, we got. We, hold on, we've got twenty four of these things to get through. Uh, we, it depends on how you count. Um, so <laughs> I have. So he says twenty four. I say somewhere between twenty six and nineteen, depending on okay. how they're arranged. All right, twenty six and nineteen rules for okay. All right, so let's when we and hit we the, can abandon ship at any time. No, but hit, I'm having fun. No, so. I know. Yeah, I want to. I want power through this. All right. All right, make friends with people who want the best for you. Rule so, number three. So, I don't know what the word friend means anymore. Okay. But I would imagine that if someone has like a jealousy about your accomplishments, okay. that makes it such that they would not want the best for you. Mm-hmm. I'm failing to understand how you call that person a friend. Right. 
Um, and I think if you're doing that, you're doing... Uh, I mean, and again, this is one of those things that's like, maybe this is just the mental exercise. Maybe this is... Well, is this person your friend? Yeah. Quote, quote, but, but like, why... People are so shitty with words, Ryan. Yes. I, they really got to stop using them. So I don't know if you've seen Jordan Peterson's first stab at writing a book about mythology, but <laughs> like that thing, having only read ep- excerpts, uh, that thing is I've quite, only seen the charts. Well, oh, the charts. Yeah. Well, and, but they contain words in odd order and random <laughs> locations. It's quite a... But, but no, I, I would say that like... So this is the weird thing, right, with like... You know, Jordan Peterson is that like I, you know, I, I, I believe in therapy, right? Like I, I like, and the same way that he believes in marketing, I think, right? Like, <laughs> I like the idea and have benefited from therapy personally, so I don't want to like. Shit I mean, on it. I, I always have to give this caveat. I don't think therapy is bad, and I also I, I do agree that most people who claim they don't need therapy, it could do something for them. I'm not suggesting it's like stupid. No, I'm just saying it is. <laughs> It has a place. Is it is it more helpful than sitting alone and not be and not improving yourself? Yes, like it is definitely a <laughs> yeah. net positive in that sense. But this yeah. is and this is the most therapy ish question so far of the of the three, which is fine. Um, but yeah, no, I think that like assessing because it's really like I think like the intent is like do the people you care for in your life want the best for you? And if you have not like looked at your friend or if you have not looked at your relationships like that in like five or 10 years, like you might be like, Jesus Christ, like that's a good, like does, does so-and-so actually like the best for me? And is that car still out there? No. Oh, okay. Good. All right. We're free. We scared him off. Yeah. No. As soon as we heard him criticizing Jordan Peterson, they were like, I'm out of here. All right. Rule. I got anything more about three. Um, no, I think it's just a bad use of words. Yes, absolutely. I think it's people using the word friend the way Facebook uses friend, which means a high school colleague. Right. Um, which is a bad definition. Yeah, form relationships with people who want the best for you. That's a Yeah, that wouldn't hurt. Okay. That wouldn't hurt. Boom. Um, yeah. uh, Jordan, I'm free <laughs> if you need an editor. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. I hate this rule. That is, I think this rule is extremely counterproductive. This is self care horse shit, um, where it's like, oh, just make sure you're you're on the right track and that you're doing better than, today than you were doing yesterday. That is an incredibly myopic antisocial behavior, and you should not do it. Um, I understand the need, uh, particularly this uses the words today and yesterday. Um, I there's absolutely an essay coming about days being a terrible time unit which right. i alluded to in the four things a day thing right. um this this concept of like continuous comparison to previous versions of yourself it's you're just you're courting disaster like you're going because the problem is you can always even if you're comparing yourself to yesterday you have bad days right so you're gonna have to come to grips with the fact that sometimes you suck yeah and it's much better to do that not in a vacuum, but in like an interconnected world where like people are better or worse than you in ways that you're not considering. Like again, this is this is so closed mm-hmm. to just compare yourself to your old self. Yeah. It's very American individual, and I'm Absol- not I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, that's that. You hit on that. All right, you get the next two. All right, very good. Do not let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't see any. Re- I don't. I don't really have a bone. Yeah, don't. Ra- don't. Don't let them be a piece of shit. They, if they want to do things that you dislike, they're going to do them. So yeah. you should attempt 
to keep them from doing those so that they know that you don't like them doing that. Yes, exactly. You don't lie to your kids. No. Like they'll get if if they really want to do it, they'll they'll figure it out. Yeah. And well, and I will say that like for, as far as parenting advice goes, like putting restrictions on children is and is is definitely something we should be telling parents more of. It's your fucking job. Yeah, exactly. Like it's what you're there for. Six, set your house in perfect order before you criticize the world, which is basically like in essence like conservatism as a principle. Yeah. Um and I I have a I have mixed feelings about this one cuz I like the I like the allegorical character of it. I like I like that it's like, well, you try to do better just handling the couple of variables that you have to worry about in your own life and then attempt to extrapolate that to a world that is beyond you. Right. The conclusion you draw in that, who knows? Yeah. But the mere attempt to compare what and this is again this rule to some degree is in conflict number four where you're supposed to be comparing yourself only to yourself suddenly you need to compare the world outside you're suddenly being told to compare the world outside to the world you can create in your own house yeah exactly and that's again it's contradictory so no this is conservatism writ, writ large right like you know uh you you have to find a way to perfect your own before you criticize, like the world, right? Like, and like no heartier, no no heftier target than that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, also, yeah. The use of the world is yeah. very annoying. There. Well, you, you know, you could tell, you could see a parent. It's like, hey, we'd like some flashing lights on uh, at the school bus stop, you know, because our children are out there at like six a.m. on the highway with like fifty-five miles per hour limit, and Jordan Peterson's like, fuck you, you know, like clean your bathroom before you do that, like <laughs> give me. Like, give me a fucking break. And, and that's and ultimately, right? Like the and then it's and then it's not just like improve or make better. It's like he uses the P word, the perfect. Like it, it all things must be in place before you can go out and, and it's like no, yeah. like you know, yeah. Wordy. It should just say set your house in order. Set your house in order. That's yeah. enough. Buckle your own seatbelt. Then have fun. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Like do the I, dishes. I, Hang on, I'm going to reread this with the revision. Set your house in order before you criticize the world. I'm okay with that, actually. Yes. I think perfect's the problem with that one. Absolutely. Unattainable. Never going to be get there. Yeah. Number seven? Sure. Pursue what is meaningful, quote, uh, uh, what is that, parentheses, not what is expedient, close parentheses. So pursue what is meaningful, open parentheses, not what is expedient, close parentheses. This is once again just... Did you think about this recently? Yeah, that's some unnecessary. I I could hate this more as if there was an M dash in it. <laughs> Not a fan of M dashes. No, we. I. I mean, I could barely. I'd rather have two parentheses inside each other than an M dash. But okay, so pursue what is meaningful, not what is expedient. Um, once again, it's not either or, you know. But I mean, I guess right. So we can diagnose. I think a lot of these, right, by like. Because right, like cause Jordan, we're not we're giving an insight into like not only what Jordan Peterson like thinks people need to improve on, but like taking the opposite of these, we can determine the, the critiques he has of like individuals in our society. Oh yeah, and the idea is like people are just doing what's easy or what's necessary and right at hand. Um, I mean, once again, like you know, people people reacting rather than acting is still, um, you know, there 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 has to be intentionality behind that as well and so that it's, it's but it's just odd that there's like once again he doesn't link any of these things together i mean i guess it is kind of interesting that like set your home in perfect order and then the rule that comes after that is do what's meaningful not expedient <laughs> like, like no this it would shit be is really it'd be really expedient for you to clean up your house apparently but i guess i don't 
like it, this this rule is correct, but again, it's like number one yeah. to a large extent, where it's it it's it's trying to tell you to project the symptom yeah. instead of dealing with the underlying cause. Like you can't pursue what is meaningful if you don't know what is meaningful. You can't reject expedience unless you have the latitude to reject expedient. Like you do expedient things because you don't have time to do them correctly. Yeah, that's what. That's that's almost the definition of expediency. Well, and you know, but it's it's classic, like you know, like very much. And this is why I know people hate, you know, especially Peterson, who I know has a bugaboo with like you know post structuralism. But like, there's no reason to have like a clear fucking bifurcation. Like you know, meaningful and expedient are two opposite ends. Like they're 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 they're, they're no, like you know, they they should be harmonized, and that's like. <laughs> anyway, this is, this is oh god. Are we done with number seven? I'm symptoms. Fucking, I got number eight. I got number eight. Right. Tell the truth, M dash, or at least don't lie. Tell the truth, I'm or gonna, at least don't lie. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually read what I wrote here because this is exactly what I want to say about it. Sound axiom, <laughs> M dash, undermining sub axiom. <laughs> And this is this is all this is the same bullshit. It's the fact that you can't follow a rule all the time means the rule is bullshit. Like yeah. this, like incredibly childish notion. Like whenever whenever you try to present a principle to someone, the yeah. first thing they do is point out that it is possible that that principle may have to be violated, right. as if that makes the principle totally useless. Right. And what Peterson basically did here was incorporate that into the rule. Yes. Like, you should tell the truth. Also, if you can't tell the truth for some reason, don't tell the truth. Like, there's no reason to add. Like, stop fucking hedging. Yeah. No, liberals get around this by basically changing the to your. So it's like, tell your truth, (laughs) which can never be false. Like, that's my favorite version of that. Just tell your truth. Is it wrong? Is it false? That's entirely possible. But is it yours? Absolutely. Uh, You will not find a word. Look. The, I have a lot of bones to pick with JBP, but uh, he does not, he's not a fan of lived experience, and I do agree with him on that. Okay. Well, I would just, I'm just saying, like, we should title this podcast Liberalism Pones Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have it on that rule right there. All right. What's the, number nine? Number nine. We're, we're rolling, baby. Assume that the person you were listening to might know something you don't. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Assume. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I establish a corollary, which is that you should stop listening to people who demonstrate they don't know something you don't. That's a good sub-axiom, yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number 10, be precise in your speech. Yeah. A.K.A. speak with precision. We should have started with these rules and cut I, out the other uh, one. Uh, you can do eight. something with this. Yeah. You can be precise in your speech. Yeah. Like... Now you don't have to wait. You don't have to think about well, what is precision. Yeah. Like it's it's contained in the word. It's like I don't have to figure out what a friend is. I don't have, like. Yeah, these spe- these are all in a fucking Actually, strange order. Well, no, but you know what I'm doing to every rule now. I'm just putting uh, set your house in perfect order. So this rule would be set your house in perfect order before you be precise in your speech. <laughs> like, I think we should do this to every rule. <laughs> Be precise in your speech as as much as possible. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. No, I mean I agree, but yeah, I mean that again. That one that one actually works. Yeah. Um, number eleven. Don't bother children when they are skateboarding. Um, who is this? Where did he come from? This guy. Um, if your child is skateboarding, right? Does well, they're okay, right? Is that well? Does rule number five beat eleven because it's <laughs> earlier in the list? 
<laughs> which which one do you follow? Uh, I mean, it, are these ranked? Yeah. I oh, that okay. There we are. Not bad. Not bad. What if what you, if I, yeah. If you hate skateboarding, you bother children in there. I mean, this is. But I would I would say that like this rule and the the is probably not hitting the people that it should be hitting in Jordan Peterson's <laughs> world. Like, yeah. <sighs> And number 12. Oh, I, I'm, I'm still digesting number 11. Okay, fine, <laughs> No, right. well, I... Do not bother children when they are skateboarding. People? I mean, does children... Okay. Set There's your something. house in perfect, perfect order before you bother <laughs> children <laughs> when they're skateboarding. Because <laughs> uh, they might disrupt your perfect order. Exactly. They're coming in with their grinding and ollies and, uh, yeah, mm. and not wearing uh, enough safety gear. Pet a cat when you encounter one on the street. That that rule is dangerous. Yeah, um, I don't. I'm not doing. Street that. cats are the ones that you should definitely not be petting. Yeah, of all the cats. Yeah. To, to outline there, I mean, especially like cats. Cats are thoroughly antisocial. Well, and and a lot of people. So we had when we got our kitten and we like let her out because yes, I'm one of those assholes. Fuck you. Um, yeah, we let our. We'll cat play out. a noise for that. Yeah, we let our cat out. Right, we'll play and, the moral the moral hazard <laughs> the siren. Was, exactly. So, but she was right. Like, so I, anyway, I guess I'm pointing out. I guess I don't want to be too wordy here, like Peterson, right? But like, a lot of normal people should not read that rule because I, what I found is that like a, a lot of normal people don't know how to exercise good judgment because they were like, well, we thought she was a stray. I was like, she's clean well-fed <laughs> like friendly like this is not like a cat raised on the fucking streets like yeah like i mean this is again this is the did you think about it the application of counterfactuals well what would a stray cat look like yeah shit yes does this cat look like shit mm-hmm. no okay well yeah and like we just opened the door and she came in and i was like yes <laughs> she's a healthy trusting domesticated cat that likes people like i.e not a cat fighting for fucking existence every second of the day like pet a cat when you encounter one on the street i mean is this just like you know it's not like donate to stray cat organizations it's like no that would be a critique of the world right oh you'd have to good. set your house in perfect order, in before order. Doing it. you can yeah. pet a cat whenever you want okay you have to put your house in order before you help gotcha yeah you know. yeah this rule this rule has some yeah once again it's got worldview in it yeah. pet a cat when you encounter one on the street sure oh it's full of ideology yeah. which we will get to in the next section um okay but i need to once again flip out this uh yeah well, I, yeah, this I need cold a, pack, yeah, I and need I a, need a drink. So. I mean, there is there's so much unwatchable television. <laughs> it is really incredible. I do need to do a pilot roundup. I haven't done one of those in a while. David, I really, I really want someone else I know to watch Deadwood with me for the first time, so I can watch. This it again. would be the first time I would be doing oh, that. Man. So, well, the the other thing because it is like you know knowing it's a thirty hour commitment and. You know, like watching through, like, I'd love to watch it with you or with anyone, but man, oh man. Okay. Uh, yeah. So let's 30 get hours a while. It's a long Unlike little, three hours. Yeah. Which is not a lot. Which is just, yeah, just have yeah. a seat or enjoy some bagel hot dogs. Come it's on. It's an evening. You get seven of those a week. Okay. So Jordan Peterson. All right. I'm Jordan Peterson. All right. I write a book. It's got 12 rules. And I'm like. It's a bestseller because it has things in it like. Um, stand up straight. Yes. 
be precise. Actually, actually it, it got famous because it has a thing with lobsters in it where it talks about lobsters. Oh, this is the lobster that's either physiologically incorrect or like the higher. It's a hierarchy. Lobster, well, it doesn't, it doesn't, lobster order. I just don't. I don't really understand. Like even granting his premise, I'm not sure what that has to do with standing up straight with your shoulders back. It just doesn't really doesn't really do it. For no matter me. how straight your shoulders are, David, there's someone out there with straighter shoulders. Like than let's you. let's propose that lobsters stand up straight with their shoulders back, and that's like. <laughs> That's like a form of dominance, and they're using that to make sure they don't get beat up at the bar. If if you're 115 pounds soaking wet um, of effeminized Canadian, right? Um, your shoulders being back is not going to threaten anybody. No, no. So what? Like what? I don't know. The analogy breaks down for me. Absolutely. Like if you wanted to just tell a story about lobsters, that's fine. Well, no. Like I don't like that's whatever. You can yeah. write that book. Well, that and well, and you dress like someone who's trying to hawk tickets to a geek show. You know, like it's like that. I'm fine with. Okay. I I don't need everyone to start dressing stupider. <laughs> Dress has gotten so lame. Uh, the, like the one thing he does need is some, like a fresh flower in his lapel. I mean, that is the. I mean, just. I mean, I'm. I'm I, I like the three piece. I get it. You know, just what's wrong with a little bit of comfort? All right. So, sorry. Some Jordan Peterson, right? So anyway, yeah. I write a book with twelve rules, and I'm like, you know, there's twelve steps. Baker's dozen. That's thirteen. Anyway, but I'm like these. No, but the, here's the thing. I've got the rules, right? I did. I I wasn't pretentious. And I didn't do 10 rules, all right? No, 12. But then I found out, David, I left out <laughs> I left out half the rules that I need. So I go back, I have another bite at the apple, and yeah. then I have 12 more rules. Yeah. Because when I released the 12 rules in the society, it turns out that people were, that, 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 that it was a problem. They were chanting at rallies. <laughs> 12 more rules. 12 more rules. All right, so satiated the, the, the public's hunger to be told what to do uh, by a Canadian daddy. Yeah. And all right, so I'll start us off here, David. Right. 12 more rules. 12.1. Do not carelessly denigrate social institutions or creative achievement. Wow. Yeah, so this is his this is the house in perfect order rule written um, correctly okay. to mean what he actually wanted there to say. There we go. Because what he wants you to do is he wants to play the whataboutism game with your life to compare it to, for example, a social institution. Right. Like, that's what he means by the world. Right. Is social institutions. Okay. Um, and in the, in that, res, you know, I, I, I hate the wording of it. Carelessly denigrate is a terrible phrase. Right. It's just a bad, wishy-washy term. Exactly. Um, it's simultaneously social institutions and creative achievement. Right. Um, and that sucks. So yeah, this is just gen. I, this is the first one that um, if you do the the rule count, you go with the less generous rule count. There are only nineteen. This is one that definitely rolls into yeah, the first duplicated. set pretty easily. Well, and I know that he's one of the um, what's the what's the 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 little the little phrase for their group. So like the Weinstein's in it and uh, Joe Rogan, the intellectual dark web. Yeah. So that, right. Like, but it, it's also funny. Cause like, these are the people who I think all banded together because of their hatred that like normal people were criticizing them. Like <laughs> it's like, it's, uh, it's like, uh, you know, like newspaper columnists on Twitter and they're like, suddenly like, 
you know, like, well, I don't like this interaction. People are calling me a shithead. And it's like, <laughs> because you have shithead opinions. And I'm sorry, you're just finding that out now. And, but that's the thing, right? Like, to say that, like, to see every criticism is beneath you because it's careless. Like, I don't, I mean, this is, is this like the debate me bro rule or something? Like, sort of. Okay. It, it feels like it. It also, I think there's a thumb on the scale about what qualifies as a social institution. Oh, okay. Because I'm going to bet Jordan Peterson. There's a handful yeah, of social yeah, yeah, institutions, yeah. by some definitions, oh. uh, that he uh, has carelessly done. He hadn't read the Communist Manifesto. No, in, in, in his in not like it was like an accident. He went into a debate with a Marxist, not having read Marx. Like, and I mean, like the pamphlet. Yeah, the pamphlet, but, not the, the book. fucking summary, not the book, but the, the TLDR for the 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 version meant for illiterate factory <laughs> workers. He didn't read. Like, <laughs> I fucking read that one. Yeah, it, it's and it's, I don't read anything. No, man, it'll it'll light your ass on fire. It's, I was so annoying. I did like that debate because I do think it's funny that Zizek basically agrees with Peterson on everything. Yes, <laughs> that was a very good. <laughs> I love Zizek. No, uh, Zizek is the ultimate um, improvisational academic because everything with him is just yes and. Like, <laughs> yes and. Uh, you know, like, he goes off. It's it's a lot of fun. That's why he's such a good interviewer. Uh, or, or such a good interview. Okay. Um, number two, imagine who you could be and then aim single-mindedly at that. Um, I'm assuming that doesn't mean trans people. Um. I, yeah, my example was murder-suicide. Oh, very good, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's certainly a funner one. Every murder-suicide is a perfect realization of this rule. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is another example of, it's like, imagine who you could be. Okay, so like, palace of the mind. Just cut, just cut the second half of this off. Um, and apply our other rule, set your house in perfect order, yeah. and then imagine, imagine who, who you could, could be. be. <laughs> End of sentence. Yep. And you're already you're already 85% of the way there. The mm -hmm. concept of aiming single-mindedly at your imagination yeah. is really, um, that works for like Neil Gaiman mm -hmm. and a bunch of other authors. Yeah, Quentin and that's, ba that's yeah, basically Quentin it. It's, yeah. it's people who write. Absolutely. Like write. I, there is a, <laughs> I think there's a tremendous moral hazard in the way that self-help works mm -hmm. where all self-help books by definition are written by authors yes so they're what they provide you is tuned toward a lifestyle that is mimicked by essentially no one in the population yeah. like no one behaves like authors yeah. they're like just this subset of people who go into a shell for six to 24 months they get paid up front if they're successful oh yeah and they basically all die before publishing their first book if they don't have rich parents right so <laughs> it's just it's it's so selective like the survivorship bias is insane yeah single-mindedly too it's that's i mean okay yeah number three do not hide unwanted things in the fog I like this rule, but it definitely, this chapter had better be full of tips and tricks on how to do this because right. you definitely cannot just unhide all the things in the fog. Right. Um, that's a recipe for disaster. Uh-huh. Um, but this is very much, this is an intellectual dark web um, precept is the idea of, you know, addressing the white elephants, slaying the sacred cows. Um, right. Meditating. 
MDMA. Uh, that's that's in Harris. But <laughs> but no, it's it's the idea. It's like well, just think think about question the thing that you don't normally question, and it's banal as shit that way. Yeah. But that's what these people need apparently. Oh, yeah. Just don't avoid hard things. Right? <laughs> Stand up straight with your shoulders back. <laughs> Don't avoid hard things. Come yeah. on. Don't hide unwanted things in the fog. Yeah, it's a terrible... It's got two Good negatives in four, God. like, seven God. words. It's pretty bad. So this dude needs help. <laughs> Jordan Peterson. Yeah, he's getting it. God damn it. He's been getting it for years. Somebody get that guy a steak. Oh, man. That diet sounds all right. I could do that for yeah. a couple months. Well, yeah. I mean, you come out looking the picture of fucking health. <laughs> okay. I wasn't going to do it for health reasons. I'm oh. just saying the diet sounds all right. Just like eating steak all the time. No. <laughs> Look, like Jordan Peterson is like kind of old, but also he looks terrible. Yeah. Like he looks quite bad. Yes. Um, Not quite. I was going to say Joe Rogan bad, but. Eh, that's a toss-up. It's a different kind of bad. Because yeah. Jordan Peterson also doesn't look physically fit. Like, Joe Rogan looks like he's beat to shit, but he right. also still looks like mostly physically like a, a capable person. Absolutely. And holy shit, yeah. No. no. The bronzing on on Peterson is, sta- it's bad. No. Um, no, the only two people dressed like that, Carnival Barkers and Undertakers, and he's right and he looks like both. <laughs> All right, number four. Let's roll here. Notice that opportunity lurks where responsibility oh has been abdicated. I'm sorry I did talk over that. Not a rule. Even, couldn't even get through. Not a goddamn rule. Oh, it's not Jesus. a rule to notice things. All right. Okay. I, 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 I kind of blanked out halfway All right. through there. Notice that opportunity lurks where responsibility has been abdicated. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to let you sit on that one for a Yeah, no, I got a... I mean, is this in, like, personality? Is this in my... Real, what, where and how does this apply? I mean, it's assumption... Because this is something that I think needs to be grounded a little bit. Because, yeah, okay. Notice that opportunity. I'm having to really process this. Our responsibility has been abdicated. So set your house in perfect order before you notice that opportunity <laughs> looks. <laughs> all right, I got it now. That all makes right, sense. Right, yeah, right, no, yeah, yeah, I got it now. Yeah. Once again, just put that fucking thing yeah. in there. Rule number six is the golden rule. Oh, Once you set God. your house in perfect order, set the your, rest of this just set floats. your house in or- perfect order. Just, Before you notice that opportunity lurks or responsibility <laughs> has been abdicated. All right, I got it. Yeah, it's... All right, moving no, on. Nothing more to say about that. All right, I get this one. All right. <clears throat> number, number five, do not do what you hate. Uh, do not do what you hate. So set your house in perfect order. <laughs> Before you do <laughs> do not do what you hate. Because there might be shit in my house that I don't like doing. I fucking hate doing that. I got to get done. Yeah. Okay. I mean, in, 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 in the realm of the optional. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. I just do not do what you hate is, again, it's symptoms. Yeah. I just don't, like, you will naturally not do things you hate to do if right. you have defined properly what you hate. Um, and as with all of these rules... 
I think part of the reason setting your house in perfect order is important to do before all these rules right. uh, is that setting your house in perfect order implies um, a level of uh, fiscal attitude mm-hmm. that allows you to actually act on any of these things. Like a lot of people, I assume, do things they hate out of, uh, you know, like a survival instinct right, yeah. or like, you know, a need for food. Or the fact or, that shit just got to get done. Yeah, there's like, yeah. So, so like, I. Not doing what you hate is mostly a function of agency. Yeah. Um, and I guess if this encourages you to have agency, that's cool. But also, people hate all kinds of stuff for no clear reason. Yep. Because, like, the limbic system is kind of primitive, and it doesn't really, like, grasp what the fuck is going on. It's just kind of like a vague thing. Right. So maybe spend some of that time figuring out what you actually hate about the like world of the blob that you specific like at your job if we're going to go tom sawyer with this yeah like if you hate your job you probably don't just hate your job you probably hate something about your job right so you should act to eliminate the thing you hate within your job sure. whether it is when you have to get up whether it's a co-worker whether it's a boss or what you get paid but to not do your job because <laughs> you hate your job is not useful advice. Right. Um, and again, like there, there's a whole book. So maybe maybe there's subsets of rules. Let's be as charitable as possible. This rule sucks. Um, all right. Number six. Unless you've got something else you want to say about no, hating things. Yeah, no. It's, that's, that's perfectly. All right. Number six. Abandon. All right. So I got to. Uh, number six. Two words. Abandon ideology. That's the rule. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking absurd oh my god ideology oh my noun god. a system of ideas and ideals <laughs> such as those found in a self-help book full of rules <laughs> even even the very idea that the first rule of like having to stand up straight you're like why would why because there's a there's a preset notion of how people judge <laughs> One might say they have an idea of someone based on how they stand. Abandon that and then and then conform. Um, this is stupid. What the what the shit is this? And what's great is this this too. I'm surprised this is in the second set of rules because this this is a two word thesis on the Peterson method. Yeah, it is the idea of trying to build like a mythos of society yes. without ideology. Absolutely. He is like it, it in some ways it's like he's outdoing the atheists that he fights with because he's literally he's attempting to create meaning out of literal nothing. Like it has to it cannot contain the subunits of meaning. Right. Like ideas. <laughs> well, it, it has to spring from some non-ideological source. <laughs> Well, no, but I think, like, as, like, a guy who... Because, like, I know a lot of us rose to prominence was, like, you know, folk follorism, right? And I think maybe... And I do... I, I'm, I, trying to, I'm trying again, to be charitable here, no, right? No, I know. I'll give him credit. I like the amount of analysis that he does of old stories. Like, I think that's very useful. Yes. I think... I think his attempt to bring, like, lore of that variety back into the fold of, like you know, just like general social consciousness is good because it's not, I mean, stories do appeal to people for reasons and deconstructing what is in those stories 
is like I, I think that's a noble pursuit. Why why you're doing it, maybe less so. But like it's <clears throat> I like that side of it. But if you're doing it from the presupposition that you can't take any of the ideas, you're gonna have a problem. Well, but that's that's the thing, right? Like it's so I think uh, so I'm trying to give a charitable understanding, right? Like knowing that he's like you know anti-leftist, anti-Marxist, right? Like is his notion that like what he would describe as ideology is only like in in intentionally going out to change society. Whereas like, if you're a folklorist, right? Like, you know, Oh, these stories came down to us and they were all, they're, they're like a, a, a collective, almost like unconsciously driven product that had no, that had no guide to it, which is, which is like nonsense. Cause like, <laughs> no, people, he's, he's, people had to have a, have a share set of share set of shared set of values in order to cooperate anyway and that would and like, to produce the story yeah hence they had to have common ideas and ideals and values to sh- build upon yeah like, just, it's not it's nonsense well, he's trying to I, I think the line he's trying to draw is between ideology and reality okay. realism okay. like because that's that's like his primary his primary capitalism thing pro-capitalism thing is um is that it's the um it's the latest, bestest version of the thing that we've managed to accomplish. Like it's it's the idea that you shouldn't tear it down um, to foment an idea that is better because right. it has generated a positive result. So the story is real because it exists and it has an effect, and you take from it uh, the you take from it what you can because the story has persisted for thousands of years, which means that it has some sort of emotional durability. Right, and in that way, he's again he's cleaving between you know the the ideology of an idea freely formed in the mind from a thing that has historical weight behind it. Yes, well, I was just I had to look it up because it was like my favorite Miller's Crossing quote in that movie. It's like there's a way we do things, hallowed by usage and consecrated by time, right? Like there's no other. No that's, other. Yes, that's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> All right, number seven, you're up. All right, work as hard as you possibly can on at least one thing and see what happens. Uh, which is rule number two from this set, uh, just <laughs> with an ending on it. Um, so we can connect these together. All right, so put your house in perfect, perfect order. order. Then imagine who you could be. And then work as hard as you possibly can on that one thing and see what happens. Okay, yeah. That's one rule. Yeah, it's really irresponsible for him to not link these together. Because yeah, not I, everyone will make that connection. No. Not even him. <laughs> he would have put them next to each other or together if he'd done that. <laughs> number eight. Uh, do you have anything else to say? No, these okay. are, he really gets lazy on the end of these. Yeah, he does. Okay. Uh, number eight. Try to make one room in your house as beautiful as possible. I like that rule. Yeah. I think that's a neat... I think it's a neat exercise. Yeah, it's. Just, I don't like there being try on the front of it. Yeah, just do it, but you know. Well, and it's kind of sad that it took twenty rules to get here. Like, yeah, to where beauty gets brought into it. Yeah, everything's like purpose and you know, like yeah, like this is before tell the truth, and like as we all know, beauty is truth. So yeah, exactly. All right, Come make on. make your perfect house. Put yeah. your perfect house in order, uh-huh. and then make one. This is again like this is somehow this is like the this is like the um. The predecessor to the put your house in perfect order because if you're 
if you're putting your house in perfect order and you don't have a beautiful room in it, what does right. that mean? Yeah. Like, what are you, what are you doing? He's, he's, he's addressing symptoms, Ryan. <laughs> he's being a bad therapist. <laughs> Why don't you smile more? Uh, if it, well, uh, maybe you'd smile more if old memories upset you. Write them down carefully and completely. That's literally just therapy. Yeah. That's not even a rule. That's just like a, that's like a flow chart. It's yes. like if this is happening, do this. That's, that's also yeah, that's also the writer rule. If you're like, are you writing a novel? Well, why don't you look at some old memories that upset you and write them down <laughs> carefully and completely. <laughs> Send that off to your editor. Yeah, there's no way I'll remember who to credit for it, but it's like um, someone, someone in the 1800s is like, the novel is nonfiction when you want to write bad things about your friends. <laughs> Every all characters, uh, any any relationship, or yeah, to any uh, any all any all. It's, yeah, if you it, wanted to say something good, you write a biography. Yep. <laughs> all right. Whose turn is it to read? I don't know. I think um, what. So you said uh, if I old memories. So number ten right. is yours. Number ten. Plan and work diligently to maintain the romance in your relationship. Aw, I didn't know it was a softy. Yeah, and and work diligently to maintain. Yeah, don't. Okay, don't forget your spouse's birthday. Don't diligence. Diligence. Yeah, and then plan around it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, whatever. That's that's fine. Okay, couldn't hurt. I mean, that's the thing. Couldn't hurt. No, certainly. Yeah, unless it could hurt, but it. You know. Well, yeah, yeah. but like, talk about what you mean by romance with your partner too, because you don't just you know sometimes you don't surprise the romance. Well, if anybody would ask that question that is that may be peterson's favorite like rhetorical strategy is to just say well what is blank yeah and then just do that like a kid right just over and over and over which i'll grant i i enjoy doing that too but yeah. it's uh so that that almost certainly yeah, nothing says romance like diligence absolutely okay. and planning yeah Planned romance is the way to go. Number 11. Number 11. Do not allow yourself to become resentful, deceitful, or arrogant. That's three rules. Uh-huh. That's cheating. Yeah. No, we had a, somebody... Once again, he could have combined some of these. Resentful. Yeah, don't... You know. Temporarily resentful. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, also, no one allows themselves to do these things. These occur. Yeah. Like, being... Resentment is literally just a thing yeah. that happens. Don't be resentful. Yeah, don't don't allow yourself to be resentful. Mm-hmm. All right? It's too much work. Or arrogant. And then number 12, be grateful in spite of your suffering. Which is great. That's, that's like, straight out of RoboCop. Um, also, it, uh, it's, it's the exact, Robocop. it's, it's also, um, it, it, it's just part of rule 11. There's nothing, there's nothing special. What? It's capturing the sound waves. Well, he's trying to, he's trying to follow rule eight and uh, make yeah. this room as beautiful this as possible. This room is as beautiful as, or I'm trying anyway. <laughs> I'm not allowed to succeed. I'm only allowed to try. Gun, no, I couldn't have a new gun. Yeah. I had to put a bunch of old slash new shit on it. Ryan really likes number six, uh, set your house in perfect order before you criticize the world. My theory is, Jacob, my theory is, is you could add, add this clause before all of these rules and you're actually getting to the meaning of the rule. <laughs> so in essence, tell the truth or don't lie. How about you set your house perfect before you criticize someone else? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, you're getting it. Yeah, it's good. It contains the ideology of the list yes 
Which is, which, who are you? Which he expressly tells you to abandon right here. Yeah. <laughs> which he's like, who are you? Actually, rule six in both of these is a fucking banger. Yeah. Like, both of them. Do you have to set your house in perfect order before abandoning ideology? Otherwise, how would you start putting your house... How would you know how to put your house in order if you had no ideology? Yeah. He's just saying... He's like, go, look, just... Look, embrace whatever you you believe in. You build it up, yeah, and then you let it go. Wow. Actually, yeah, you might be right. That number breathe six, in, breathe out. <laughs> that number six on the first set is kind of like the uh, the one commandment. Moses had just said, "Don't be a dick." All encompassing. <laughs> That's one way so to number, read it. So number six really encompasses a lot of this. Whereas, hey, how's about you? Uh, I thought you make sure you have your stuff straight before you uh, go shit on someone else's. <laughs> Especially for the second list. What do you think about the fog? What do you think should be in the fog? Unwanted things? Think you should hide unwanted things in the fog? How do you feel about that? Are these direct quotes from the These like are the, the rules. Titles? Sir, those are rules. These are the rules. But that's like straight from the book. This is not like paraphrased. I didn't rip I didn't rip them out. But they are exactly the words. Yeah, these they aren't paraphrased. This no. is, these words No, I would have here. paraphrased them a lot better. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I do several times. Yeah, I mean, I guess people need motivation stuff sometimes, but boy, They need through, it all the time. Reading through that feels like I was walking through an office and just all those stupid paintings on the side that have like pictures of mountains and waterfalls and they would have dumb shit like this written underneath it. There's probably, that's surely, surely this exists. I mean, number three, make friends with people who want the best from you would show like two people fishing near a river. (laughs) In the bottom of the right corner would say Shutterstock, and they didn't pay for the license. All right, this is not what I was looking for. This is just all the rules on one sheet of paper. Next to a cactus. Yeah. Or it says live, live, laugh, love rule. Yeah. Come on. No, that's the pet a cat on the street. Pet a cat, yeah, yeah. The worst application of that rule possible. No, it doesn't look like anybody's got a motivational poster version of this. And home is where the toilet is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like you, yeah, but is Home's this, where the pooping happens. Well, no, but each of these sounds like the fucking scenarios in Blade Runner when they try to give, like, empathy tests. And it's like, you're walking down the street. You come across a cat. Do you pet the cat? You're like, why aren't you petting the cat, Why aren't Ryan? you petting the cat, Ryan? You see some children skateboarding. <laughs> Do you mess with children skateboarding? Why are you bothering the children skateboarding, Ryan? Sir, you go into your house. It's in less than optimal condition. What do you do? What is beauty? Yeah. <laughs> you come across a room with nothing but flowers in it. Make it... Uh, I'd, 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 uh, I'd add a tea set. And you're like, okay, marking that down. You find an expedient thing on the street. What do you do with it? <laughs> you find yourself um, less... Um, when speaking, you're not as... Uh, you know, uh, maybe, uh, uh <laughs> sorry. <laughs> they got tense really fast. Well, no, it was number 10. Yeah, it was the bit. Uh, it was the bit. Uh, 
You find your shoulders in front of you. <laughs> what do you do with them? Put them in the back. Hmm. You get beat up anyway. You find yourself with ideology. What do you do? <laughs> I drop it immediately and walk Aban- away. Abandon. Yeah. I take it out to the woods and I, I, I kick it out of the car. Be grateful in spite of your suffering. That's a lady on the top of a waterfall yeah. with her arms above her head. You're handed five plates of suffering. How do you feel about them? That's a close-up of a farmer's hands, like looking at his hand. <laughs> do not do what you hate. It's just a picture of your boss going like this. Yeah. It's just a mirror. Ah. <laughs> I was trying to think which is the one, uh, which rule would be the one where uh, it's like the Jesus is walking with me. You're like walking alone on the beach and there's like two sets of foot tracks behind. Have you guys seen that one before? Okay. Yeah. So. Uh-oh. This doesn't sound like it's going to be related to what Ryan yeah. said. Were you, Vaguely. Okay. Let's say we pooping well, in a corporate bathroom and found something. I, while driving to work today, got behind a car who had a bumper sticker that said, Jesus is my anchor. Your anchor. Oh. What? I could not tell if that person was pro-religious or atheist. <laughs> <laughs> Referring to something as an anchor in your life, not a positive thing. <laughs> I believe the idiom they were looking for is, Jesus is my rock. Yes. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Jesus two feet. What is this? Like a dance At Jesus' feet. Perhaps. Good old Jesus two feet. No, yeah. it's like uh, tracks or on a beach or something. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus two feet beach. Jesus two feet beach. There it is, yeah. Footprints poem. Footprints in the sand poem. Yeah. This is how you get a virus. Oh, that's much longer than I thought. One night I dreamed a dream. As I was walking along the beachside with my lord. <laughs> this has surely been sung before. I'm not. Across the dark sky flash right, scenes that's, of that's, my that's, life. That's, that's enough of that. I remember the scene from Les Mis. You'd walk my May with all the once and no truth says. This gets depressing quickly. Yeah, it's about God. Oh, yeah. The most depressing thing. It's about him being an anchor in your life? Well, yeah, he's both... He's Because this is the poem, right? Like, he's both always with you and loves you, but is never around. He's like... He's... Yeah, this is... Shout out to the stepdads who stepped up. I was... Jesus is I my, was about to make a stepdad yeah, joke Jesus is my stepdad in. is the new co-pilot. <laughs> Now it's time for Is It Worth the Shit? Wordle, go. Every other day. Every other day. That's actually, that's probably a good strategy. I find that it takes too much time in the morning having to compare notes. I haven't touched it since I got, I guess, one word, buts. None of the letters. <laughs> Second word, nailed it. Haven't touched it since. That's fair. Perfect been, game. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been waiting for the. I've been waiting for another one of those. They still let you type cunts in there, which is great because the day I did that, which was I think yesterday, um, someone put out an article saying, "Oh, the New York Times is going to cut down on the swear words in Wordle." So I got it in. I got uh, it in under the finish. Also, line. why on earth would that matter even a little bit? Well, because it's a newspaper or record. I thought they would have axed that in the deal. 
Well, I no, mean, but but it's also great because like C N T S, like those are like choice. Oh no, great consonants. Well, well, and it was it was useful for um, it was because I knew C and U were in there, so yeah. instantly I thought cunts. That was the first word that came but to mind. When you share your Wordle, it doesn't show what you typed. If you want someone to know what you typed, you have to tell them yourself. But Which God means knows. It doesn't <laughs> surface, so why would it matter even a little bit? Also, the CIA knows. Yeah, but they knew before. They didn't know before. You had to type it in first. Do you guys see the new drop from the uh, the public disclosure office? Uh, where the CIA is apparently doing all the same stuff yeah. the NSA was doing? Oh my God. No, really? Just like a com- oh, yeah. Okay, look. People oh keep doing this. It's like, oh, of course it does. Uh, uh, look. All right. Competing organizations within the United States intelligence community are doing the same data collection. Yes. Okay. Yeah. This is meaningful because it means they're not talking to each other. Absolutely. It, That's work for any organization. No one talks to this is This is important because the CIA's job is literally international shit. Like, that's what they're supposed to do. Technically, they're not supposed to be spot. They can't spy in the U.S. legally. Like, it's... Well... Like, uh, didn't the Patriot fix that? No, there's other organizations. There's yeah. the NSA, there's the FBI, there's all this shit. Like, these organizations are supposed to, like... It's like, you oppress all the locals. You <laughs> oppress all the Germans. You oppress the internet. Or fabricate it for the most part. Which is mostly what the FBI does. Um... I'm pretty sure about a sixth of Twitter is people at uh, either Langley or an office complex in Texas just like tweeting. Yes. Because it doesn't, no one no one else has the time or patience to behave the way that everybody on the website behaves. <laughs> um, I mean, got- do they say super suspicious stuff like, like cisgender millennial? Yeah, they say that shit. Man, all it the would time. sure be cool if. Come January 6th, we decide to storm the Capitol, <laughs> winky face. No they, no, they say that that's for Facebook. That's Facebook DMs. Oh. That's where the action is. Someone should really kidnap the governor of Michigan. Yeah. So Twitter, though. Hey, guys, are we making material progress toward a crime right now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, all right. So Twitter. Is Twitter worth what, a shit? Is Twitter worth a shit? No. Yes, no. Never has been. Oh, it's all right. It's basically Instagram, the way that I use it. Just okay. with no, some more words. Dylan showed me the one uh, Twitter that's worth looking at. It's a Japanese uh, puppet called Sun Sun, who just edits him into pictures <laughs> of other things. They're four-second videos. Hashtag Sun Sun on Twitter. Is that actually going to take it to it? Nope. That ain't it. Uh, whatever. Um, yeah, so Twitter, uh, you know, the jury's out. Could be good, could be bad. Nope. That's uh. a force for evil look compared to other social media sites on the internet it is top three at least it does yeah that's true there are only five websites though yeah. so well i mean stop three you know it's yeah. in the top 60 percent or so 40 it's it's it's, it's yeah, fine. top 60 fine. i wouldn't ban i taught it. a bunch of elementary school kids uh this week about improper fractions you did yeah, and it was a really like just. Uh, we were also doing like. Did they want to learn about it? Not really. Okay. Um, I mean, it, this wasn't like out in the street, and you're like improper fraction. <laughs> no, Children. No, no. no, I had a badge. Harsh. I had a sticker printed out with my face on it. 
I was like, I'm here for the children. And then I walked into a classroom at random. And it happened to be my friend, uh, Anna. And, uh, yeah, because they were... She teaches, like, 18 small children, and I don't... that That's too many. It's puppet underscore sun sun. What? All right. That's Twitter. All right. We'll make a note for that later. Puppet underscore sun sun or sung sung. No, sun sun. Okay, very good. Yeah, the... Um, but yeah, the kids they were doing improper fractions like is this fraction bigger or smaller than this fraction? Okay. And it turns out that That's every video is that. So it turns out David that yeah, fractions. It, yeah, it turns out like if you try to teach like there's like eight ways you can teach improper fractions because there's a bunch of bolt like you can like draw a pie and divide it in slices, or you can use a number line, or you can use units, or and that confuses the shit out of these kids. Um, because they think these things are all distinct when they are all, in fact, solving the exact same problem. Okay. So half the class just seems confused by the fact that they're do they, they appear to be solving the same problem, but the book says to solve it in different ways. Yes, and obviously, like everybody's going to like prefer a method for solving the problem, right? And then they're forced to do all these ways they don't want to do it. <laughs> so, like, everybody gets stuck on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great. Because um, they they explained cross-multiplying, where, right. you, where you, like, multiply the top and the bonus and across, and which number's higher or lower. Like, they did that. And but I got I got kind of annoyed by that because that's one of those like teaching to the test things where the kids don't have any idea what a cross multiply is like they don't know why that works it's just like oh we just apply this filter yes. to this problem yes. and it goes away it's like you don't have any idea why that works and then so I had a little whiteboard and I tried to explain that um, how, and how it that? is and I know why now they just tell them to cross multiply because this turns out. It's very hard to explain that to an eight-year-old. Yes. <laughs> Why cross-multiplying works. <laughs> it turns out it's a somewhat challenging mathematical concept. Interesting. Um, I mean, it's not it's not that hard. It's just they don't know enough about algebra. But the thing, I, I'm annoyed because I didn't think the perfect way to deal with improper fraction comparison is to put units on it. And that's the one strategy they don't teach the kids, or at least they didn't teach it in Anna's class. Thanks a lot, Anna. Which is, you say, it's like, well, these numbers mean something. Like, yes. 9 over 5 can be 9 somethings over something. And if you have that for comparison, it, like, it's really easy to conceptualize. Because the kids, the kids like, just basically guess whether the top or the bottom means it goes one way or the other. And then they plug one in and you say, oh, that's wrong. And they erase it and they put the other one in. Like, they're doing everything they can to not learn the concept. Machines are learning. Yeah. No, exactly. They're 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 perverse. Uh, it's not even a perverse incentive. They're just they're just learning it in the most expedient way possible, which is to just guess one way and then do it the other. I way. I don't know if you have any memories of elementary school, but I vividly have memories of that's what that's what how it is. Yeah. It's a reality. Well, I'm trying to learn these children. All right. I mean, what do you mean you can assign something like oh nine over five? Don't think of it as nine over five. Think of it as Nine pieces of pie out of a five sliced pie, or that's in that I'm even I'm even confused. <laughs> or nine miles 
in five hours. Oh, you can't introduce that concept to small children. Yes, you can. They know what miles per hour are. They've been in a car. They're eight. They've been in many cars. <laughs> yeah, but the concept of... <laughs> The concept of displacement is going to be hard to explain to them at third it's, grade. It's not. I don't. I don't think it would be hard at all. If you tell them that you go nine miles in five hours and you go nine miles in six hours, they know which one of those is faster. That's that's tangible learning. They can absolutely look. If they can cross multiply, they can understand this shit. That's. We I mean, that's worlds. way more complicated than simply saying. The top is the number right. of pieces. The bottom is how large the pieces are. No, I, if, I mean, you can say that. They don't know what that means. Yeah. If you'd like to settle this debate, send your eight-year-olds to 212 Vienna. No. What? <laughs> no. no, it's fine. I'll just show up next week. <laughs> we'll cancel some more meetings. and. Uh, no, I mean, literally. Train the children of literally tomorrow. Literally, a pie is the easiest way. It's, Okay, you, you have no idea how many ways you can fuck up a pie. I've seen them all now. Yeah, it is a disaster. No, it's you. A pie is a circle. It's a reality. You don't change the shape of the pie. The bottom number is how many slices also, that fool has. Okay, Jacob. First off, circles are the most complex and frustrating mathematically of all shapes. Like it is beyond frustrating. They've even got a number in a, in, a, in a circle that never ends. It just that keeps is undefined. Going. That nerds of all kinds yeah, know they, they, too we, many of. Look, we still haven't figured out the circle. Okay, that's how bad it is. No, this isn't. This this is a solved problem, and it has to be solved with physical objects. <laughs> and that physical object is go over time, and that's the go time. Nah, that's way too complicated. Go time. Well, they're not getting it the other way, so... I mean, did they use pie? Yes! They used the word apple somewhere in there? That's the way that I was trying to do it. And, Pumpkin? And it's A, it's impossible to draw five slices on a pie. And Challenge when, accepted. So Here we go. Listen up, listener. You're going to hear how correct I draw this. <laughs> All right. So I need you to pretend to have the motor skills of an eight-year-old. Have them draw a pie with seven slices and a pie with eight slices... And draw them evenly enough that when they shade in three of them, they can tell for sure which one is more. Because that's the shit they were not doing correctly. Let me hit you with this. We'll start with the ten. There we go. Alright, in the theater of the mind, Jacob is currently using a brown... A brown? A brown... He's using the darkest chalk. fucking piece of chalk <laughs> available. He, he just drew a 90-degree uh, a inverted crescent. He is now drawing the bulge of a souffle <laughs> over this crescent. Okay. You're also doing this in 3D perspective. He, could, he didn't just draw a circle. Yeah, which is going to make this even more impossible than it already was. <laughs> All right, he's adding the little seed cutlets. Okay. Look, the pie has to breathe or it'll collapse, okay? Uh, this is at a completely perpendicular angle to the top of the pie. This is now impressive. Now we're coming with white. This is imaginary. Okay. You this... take this pie. Let's say you got nine slices out of this pie. So you five. This is cut into five. So you have one, two, and the others are on the back side. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Pro project abandoned. There's no intellectual. There's no intellectual integrity in this discussion. Ugh. 
Yes. Alright, I got a boogie. What? All I'm right. sorry. That's fair. I'll be back. I'm gonna go work on my florals. So. That's fair. Alright, so I'm gonna talk uncontested about how to <laughs> teach children. You'll always be right. Always have been, always will be. Alright. Drawing right, five even slices on a three-dimensional pie that you're looking at from a horizontal angle, very hard. What? Yeah. As far as a circle, I mean... I don't know why you're trying to brag about drawing a circle. This is not... The kids can't do this. Also, you can't do this. The slices are not even close to even. But it doesn't matter that they're they're even or not. It's just the physical number because you're not worried about the weight of it. Okay. You're not me... worried about the size of it. If you have nine slices, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. I don't think you understand how- They're not calculating the volume of it. Let me show you how creative these kids are, all right? That's not a pie. Shut it down immediately. Let me show you how creative these kids are. That's an ice cube tray. This happened. This I, I watched this happen in real time. This is supposed to be six over ten, and this is six over eight. And the girl shaded this, and she shaded this, compared these, and thought this was more. Okay. Well. What are you trying? To, are you trying to get them to understand how to do the math on the backside? Are you trying to get them to understand, like the? I want them to know this is bigger than this by any means necessary. So my proposition is that you tell them they're going six miles in eight hours or six miles in ten hours. Which of those is faster? That's a hard concept. I cannot believe you think this is complicated. That's a hard. That's a hard way to think about this it. Is the easiest way to think about no. it. If you have something that's a foot and you cut it into ten pieces, the pieces are smaller than if you were to cut it into five pieces. They were doing that and failing. Like they might be stupid. <laughs> They're definitely young, I'll give them that. Bunch of idiots. Like literally, she was fooling herself by Oh, so they're so they're trying to solve these kinds of equations where it says which like is it this yeah. or this? Yeah. That's a question mark. Fucked it up. That's, that's Halfway through it, I figured I got distracted. That's fine. Yeah, no, that's what they're okay, doing. Okay, that's what they were trying to do, trying to figure out which one's larger. Yeah. Um Yeah, units is absolutely the way to do that. Which one of those is faster? I don't know. I My brain understands numbers, and the second easiest thing is pi. Because trying to teach miles per hour, my brain goes into physics equations. <laughs> so I'm so far in the weeds, I can't think straight. It's not physics and kinematics. That's, that's the first lecture of any physics 101. Yeah. Acceleration, velocity, displacement. Yeah, it's also in like algebra one. Yeah, but they're not teaching you how to uh the onest of algebra. The quadratic formula. What the hell is the step up, step down? What is that called? Pathet what calculus? What's the what's the thing called when you step up, step down? Integration? There we go. Yeah, we're not integrating the pizza, alright? <laughs> We're just trying to tell whether one no, number is bigger than That's the problem with my brain when I see shit like this, because my brain starts going, oh, miles per hour. 
which is a displacement equation, so I need to just do this to it. This is, like, this is so easy. I'm so mad I didn't think of this at the time. I, th I don't think they would understand that. Well, we'll find out next week. I'm calling sick on Monday. Try this out on the kids. I need to teach these kids. I need, I need to know. Well, dear listeners, I'm all alone here now. There's no one else in the room. I'm out of here. All right, fine. Jacob's still here. What the hell is this? What? It's our solution. It's solution number four. Oh, my God. All right. So, according to either Lynn or Lucy, we don't know which one yet, um, it is 18 hours 30, which I believe is 6.30, like six and a half past. All right, so she's clearly upset. Um, and there's like a birthday plate, a birthday dinner. Yeah, it must be dinner. Uh, Bea's um, in 30 minutes. So that's presumably happening at 7 o'clock. That has to be an arrangement highly upheld uh, that's already occurred. Leia's birthday dinner is starting very soon. That is correct. And Duolingo is verifying that for us. Je ne peux pas être en retard. Je ne peux pas être en retard, which retard, you know, that's a little, that's a little 90s humor there. Uh, that word is out of fashion, but it's funny to me, so we're going to keep saying it. Je ne peux pas être en retard is I not can not be late. So this is Bea, or not Bea, Lucy or Lynn, like being opposed to uh, tardiness. So we're... Okay, so she is running for catch the bus. L'incor peut prendre le bus. That would be cool. Nicely done. Elle voit le bus partir. Elle voit le bus partir. So she, whatever the fuck, vo sees the bus leave. That's bad. That's that's not looking good for Lynn right here. No, c'est mon bus. Her bus. No, this is. Ah, je dois prendre un taxi maintenant. All right, she needs a taxi maintenant. That is now, ladies and gentlemen. That's correct. Arf. Do they, Arf is UG? That's exciting. Lynn prend son téléphone, mais il ne marche pas. Lynn prend son téléphone. That's got two of those stupid accents over the East. They should just pick a different letter. Téléphone, mais il ne marche pas. Um, so, Lynn is uh, taking to her telephone, or she's taking her telephone, but... Uh, it's not working. Oh, no! La batterie! You fucking battery. Lynn court pour aller au restaurant. Look, she's gonna... She has to fucking run inside this restaurant. Elle voit Bea. Elle voit Bea. That means that she, meaning Lynn, sees, which is voit, with a T, but you don't pronounce that because it's French, and they don't fucking pronounce anything. Bea. Bea! 
Je ne suis pas en retard. All right. Uh, Lynn appears to be um, that she's not, that she wasn't Mère, late. Où sont tes amis? Il est 19h. Uh, where is uh, your friends? Because uh, currently he is uh, nine, what, nine, nine, ten, no, 19 hours, which is seven o'clock. So currently he is uh, the time of the birthday party or dinner, the repause. Look, again, this old-fashioned use of the word retard, I cannot condone, but it is funny. And um, the invitation was for seven. Uh, parce que, uh, or a parce que, is, uh, that's uh, because. That's a classic excuse language right there. Um, but someone's always late, and that person is Lynn. Psych. That's probably All right, so she actually rescheduled it to 20 hours, which is 8 o'clock, uh, for her soiree, which is French for party. Hi, Nicole. Um, we're, just, we're teaching the folks about uh, French. It's very important. That means yes, yes. Uh, Lynn rushed to be on time for Bea's dinner. But she was still an hour late, or she was actually an hour early, or the dinner was canceled. What do you think, listeners? That's right. She was actually an hour early. And now I have to tap matching pairs, because it's a fucking website. Court, uh, cool, that's run. And then où is where. And je dois is have to. And prendre is uh, to take. So uh, that's it. And then, um, there we go. How's everybody doing? Duolingo? Oh, yeah. I did three months of Spanish with Duolingo, and How'd then that? I went to Costa Rica. How did that go? Um, it went great, because everyone speaks English in Costa Rica, so I picked the right country. Thanks, Duolingo. <laughs> Pura Vida! I could order my coffee okay. I have enjoyed my time with Duolingo. I think it is... It, it, they want you to do it every day, which I think is ill-advised. I think it's much better to just chunk that stuff. Oh, really? I did just a little every day. I, I don't... <laughs> I don't buy the concept of like doing things every day. I think that's it's exhausting as someone who has whose like energy levels fucking spike in different directions constantly. Like being consistent every day just seems hard. No, it sucks. It's much easier to just like pick like a time, like a couple times a week, to just say it's like okay, I'm in Francois mode right now. Okay. Like, that's, that's much better. Okay. Because, like, you waste a little bit of time on the front and the back, like, prep and, like, wind up. But it's absolutely worth the... It's well, worth being in the mindset. Ever travel internationally again and need to brush up on a language, I will take that under advisement. I recommend. I'm going to... So, I'm going to do French until June. And then I'm going to try for an Eastern language. I haven't decided which one. But I'm going to I'm gonna go for... Like Tamil or something? I'm going to go for the gold. Hey, it'll probably be Cantonese. Mm. That seems the most appropriate. Oh, that that, would, that seems like that'd be a wild Duolingo program. Does it does it like record your tone and tell you if you're doing a good job? I would hope so. Okay. No, I mean, it, it, again, Duolingo. I the last time I used it was like five years ago. Okay. To, like do a little bit of Brazilian. Yeah. Um, because my um my See, that's, I probably, teacher was I, Brazilian. I would probably do Portuguese next because if I ever travel out of the country again, it'll probably be to Portugal. 
girl Portuguese. I know. The Dia de Luta. I know just how to say UFC phrases in uh, I know that bread is Portuguese. pow. Pow. That's yeah. basically it. That's all yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, they always, like, everything's like... Weird it's it's Yeah, everything's like ushy and gushy at yeah. the end yes. in a way that no other language is from what I can hear. But no, I mean, I, obviously, I mean, French and Spanish are their, their two, like, flagship languages, yeah. so mm-hmm. they're going to be the most developed, but I, in general, like, going from the Portuguese app five years ago to this, this is, like, massively more sophisticated okay. than okay. the old one. Have you done, like, where you listen to the little podcasts they have in the language and stuff? I've done that. I I stepped away from that because I, I don't think that's interactive enough. Okay. I, need, I, I want to be in dialogue with what's going yeah. on. Because I found, like, with the Spanish, when, you know, when Lou's mom was living at the house, she only watched Spanish on TV. So, like, actually hearing people, like, talk Spanish around was sort of helpful. Um... But, you know, like, she doesn't reside with us anymore, so I'm not, like, hearing that language anymore. Not in the anymore. sense that she's dead. She's across the yeah, street. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's yeah. just residing in another location. She's <laughs> she's she's doing fine. She's just watching she's Spanish no TV with on us a... in a very localized Mom, fashion. Okay, folks. Yeah, Mom's she's just okay. watching she's Spanish fine. TV across the street now. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and there's a giant monster of a dog. Monstros. from this table. Now, this is a monstros right here. He's good boy. Oh, what you got there? Coming after you. Ryan, what's the last language you learned? Uh, uh, j'ai pas un peu français. That's... It, so I told it a little bit. I didn't even yeah. fuck that sentence up. No, that was good. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, no, yeah, I know a little bit of French. And then, um, when... So I, so I sold... Rosetta Stone language learning software. Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah, and I did all right at it. My brother was fucking great at it, and um, which is why he does it now. Yeah, no, he's uh, he actually. <laughs> quit, but, um, well, no, but he does great. Sa- he's a great. He's a good salesman, much better than I was. But regardless, so it's weird. I have a good ear for languages, right? Like to be able to like distinguish them. Like if like if I'm watching a movie with Asian people in it, like I could tell you if it's Korean. I Mandarin can tell if it's Japanese or, real distinctly because I understand yeah. like the syllabic structure, even though I don't know what the words mean. They're all underage. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's those are visual there are cues. Markers, I'm talking yeah. about. I'm, we're, we're talking about linguistics right now, David. All right, yeah. fine. Well, and also like how a language sounds as well. Yeah. Right? Like I have, a, I have an ear for languages only in the sense that I can like distinguish between yeah, them. It, it, I, I know that Chinese is not German. You know, like I can fucking. Pin I think I could do that one. I mean, but also not on any sort of visual cues either. So that's the thing. That's well, it's just like there's no later hosen anywhere in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, What's with all these people with dark hair? Um, so yeah, so I. Uh, I I enjoy and um, you know I enjoy foreign films, so I listen to a, like a lot of, uh, and I don't like dubs. So even when there's things like available, like so, I watched a couple episodes of the Squid Game, uh, which was a big like thing. Yeah, yeah, that was a thing. And we got admonished today for not having watched it by I someone. Say admonished, by but who? they were just shocked. But so. who? Out. Yeah. No, All very right. good. Yeah. No, no. No. We'll bleep that, but that's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's just no. Fuck them. Okay. Yeah. No, they just Again, seemed, we'll they that. seemed they seemed utterly shocked that we would not have watched that programming. It's not great. I mean, it's that's so, why it's, it's I, okay. it looked grim to me. And listen, well, I know. I'm a doomer at heart. <laughs> always have been. Like I don't need like Netflix to sell it to me. Yeah. Well, it's more of the you know, we're we, we're uh, overly um, what's the word I'm looking for uh, traumatized. Uh, no, judgmental, <laughs> hyper judgmental when things first come out. And it prevents us from like watching said things for a little while until one day we break down and go, 
Ah, fuck it. Let's just see, see what it. people were talking about. And then we watch it and we're like, well, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah. That's not always so, the case. No, you know. definitely not always <laughs> the case. Especially <laughs> Squid Game, like like a lot of other things like it, has its Achilles heel in the fact that it's a television show. Okay. Like, it could have been a two-hour movie. I, I, maybe I even was, a three-hour movie. I was forced to d- defend myself on this front, and I came up with a line that I like about this. Uh, I was arguing with Jeff because he was deciding whether or not he was going to watch The Boys, and I mentioned that he should just watch The Boy, Tom Cruise in Collateral, because it's basically the same plot. <laughs> well, also, you can just watch you can watch that Battle Royale movie that's Japanese so, from, like, the 90s. It's an excellent it's film. An excellent so, film. So my, my, my new argument... Uh, which I hedge is not the whole point, but it is a whole lot of the point, is that I would rather watch a movie twice and then walk around for four hours and think Think about about it it. than watch eight hours of an equivalently good television show about the same subject matter. Like, I would rather rather have the time to myself. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't... I think it depends, because I think some TV shows do well with the the episodic format, and some of them don't at all. There's there's certain stuff, but I I describe that as, like, zones. Like, if it's, like, generating a feel that you want to just, like, stew in, and the example I used for that was 30 Rock. It's like, if you're... you know, if, if you want to just be in the mode of, like, being a fly on the wall in a building full of maniacs, like, 30 <laughs> Rock is an ec- It's just a great place to just hang out. Yeah. But I don't th- I don't need all that many of those feels. Right. Like, I need, like, five of those. Come Town. Um, that's it. Come Town. And then, you know, I haven't watched television in, you're like, on with, you're 18 months. You're on your months, own with, uh, with so. that one, but... So I like watching Fuck. dubbed movies. Uh, not, excuse me, I hate watching Come Yeah, you said you don't like don't watching like it, yeah. dubbed Come movies. Town is art, all yeah. right? Come Town is art for the 21st century. They hate you. They hate what they're doing. Literally, all they do is hang out with, like, two of their best friends for eight hours and then parse that into eight podcasts and Nick Mullen describes that as chemotherapy and I can I feel that so deep down inside that he he's making ninety thousand dollars a month to talk for two hours a week to people he likes and he fucking hates it that must be a rough life I l- it's the best podcast going yeah it's quite good Michael USB so um, or him but uh, uh, so I was thinking about this the other day. So, because um, I was watching a foreign language movie, and um, one of the things that, like, uh, I think, like, why? So I was looking at like some of like the 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 most popular foreign language films in the U.S. Right, like what has come around. It's so, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Okay. The Kurosawa films, right? Like did really Hero. well. And yeah, and um, but like other ones, right? Like like, uh, like Parasite Hero. as well, right? Like okay. So. But I think one of the things that these, ha- these things have in common, because I was, I was watching this foreign language film, I was kind of like, you get to the point where you're like, you know, the subtitles and, you know, you're watching the screen, um, you know, I don't have to like read the subtitles all the time, right? Like you can kind of like tell like, okay, yeah, like this is what's going on. Like you don't need it for every every single exchange of dialogue. Um, but for things that are like overly told through visual styles, right? Like those are the ones that tend to be like really popular. Yeah. So like a lot of like foreign language dramas like there's one called there's a, there's a movie called like Mustang that came out that was like really popular and I was looking into it and it's French or I don't know it's in a foreign language. Um, but the thing is, is that like it's such a like a like an earthy has like an earthy domestic drama kind of sense because mm-hmm. we get like a lot you know like a lot of those ones that have been nominated for like foreign language films because then I fell down a rabbit hole of like oh what are these foreign language films and I'm looking them up and all the ones that I've never fucking heard of that were nominated for Oscars I got like no traction 
we're all like domesticated, talky, like yeah. fucking Noah Bombacky swimming yeah, the whale, like completely uninteresting visually, and Lou, just full Lou, of people talking Lou in the language. just spoke about Squid and the Whale. He wants to watch that again. I don't know. I, I, I thought I did. And then, I mean, you may not. No, I may, I may not want to watch it again. Well, and it's but cool, it's like, tedious. It's cool like, if it's in your language. Yeah, yeah. But, like if you have to like read. Well, well exactly. Well, because I remember like the first like when I was in high school, Run Lola Run came out, and I managed yes. to take a lot of people who would never ever watch a foreign language film mm-hmm. to that movie because the visual storytelling is enough so that you pretty much know what's going on without having to read anything. Absolutely. And it works. Like, you know, like nobody was disappointed. Like even the people who like were like, oh, I can't believe you tricked me into a movie where I have to read. Like they were fine at the I end. Think I can remember the very first two movies. The first two movies that were foreign that I was to, I was maybe ten years old. It was with my big brother from okay. the Big Brothers and Big Sisters Association. And he took me to see Cinema Paradiso. Yeah. Interesting choice. Which, you know, in hindsight, I didn't think I hated. I was kind of like, wow, it's amazing that that world was so different than what I see as an inner yeah, city kid. Yeah, no. And then Life is Beautiful. Yep. Yeah. That one. Those yeah. two. That one made it around pretty good in the American theater. Yeah. Yeah, because it was about something important. Yeah. You know? like, it well, and it was also a very delicate way of handling the Holocaust. So it's like you could get in your Holocaust thing without like being totally beaten down, yeah. browbeaten by it. I still love Zizek's interpretation of that movie, which is that like the true tragedy is that the kid knows it's a farce. He like <laughs> won't tell his dad to spare his dad from <laughs> the son realizing that he's in a death camp. That's my, yeah, I love that. That is, he's like, that, that, that is the, the true tragedy, you know. <laughs> oh, I was analyzing my Shishik impression because I pulled it out for strangers the other day and I got top marks for it, right? There you go. So, Can right. we get a sample? Yes, of course. So I, I don't mind Wait, doing do my Zizek. shield? Yes. I don't mind shield? doing my Zizek for you all, right? It is quite difficult to get the... Because when you, you have to start working in the, the, the physical aspect of it, and this is very difficult because... His slurs oftentimes come from the natal passages, right? And I, which you yeah, can't he's definitely got like a sinus thing going on. Yeah, so when I do this, right, I do it in the side of my cheek, and that's hard because he is an advantage in the sense he's got like coke nose, you know? Yeah. So like all of his, like, yeah. and it all has to come. His face is very integrated. Yes. It's like his nasal passage is like forward. Like <laughs> his whole thing is like. He's got like a pre. He's got like a pre chamber with like a resonant resonating. He has one of. The, he has the roundest face. Yes, it's <laughs> it all rolls together. So you know, obviously, right, like so, you get into it and you start. You know, you, you got to jostle your shoulders and move it back, and then you get the accent, right? Then you try to think like this, and then you try to get the slurring, which is very difficult, right? Like I'm telling you, listen, this, this is not easy. You know, like if you think it is, right? Like look deep in yourself. And listener your, your it, impression. I like I I feel like I'm hearing Ryan through a tunnel <laughs> and he's here right now. <laughs> like it feels like there's a trick going on. Your okay. face so. turns into a wormhole. Right. It feels like you're twenty feet away. Yes. It's incredible. Oh wow. Well yeah. no, it is powerful, right? Like and uh, but so it, I was But you didn't all right, uh give me a give me an ideology. Ideology. All right, very good. It's got to get that little <laughs> bit of slur on the end of it. It's tough, but but like, so I'm having to like work my mouth muscles all around to get the slurs in because like I'm in a hindrance because I can breathe through my nose and it's challenging. 
But it's fun, and it's a very satisfying impression to have worked on. I, lo- I, I believe I've mentioned it before, but Zizek, um, Zizek has admitted to only watching about half of the movies he's reviewed. <laughs> wow. On the basis that he's afraid that if he watches a film, it will corrupt what he thinks the film's about. That's an interesting... I love that. Yeah, no, he reads the reviews of the films he I love that. to review. He, uh, he yeah. reviewed the I mean, new I, Matrix I film that. by reading other people's reviews, which all the reviews said, it's like, you know, it's okay, but you don't need to waste your time. So he said, so he just, uh, he just listened I. to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I didn't, I know there was a, like a, like on, oh, on the, the, you know, YouTube essay, video essay circuit, there was a very popular video going around trying to convince us that like, the Matrix sequels, like two and three, were good, and we should watch them. And I did not watch them because I did not want to be convinced of that. That's fair. Yeah. She's been convinced forever that they're not. I remember. I, might I go remember back. how I, I felt in. Oh, I have chocolate cake. Okay, these are but these are bagel. These are hot dogs. Yeah, I'll have, one. I'll, have I'll one. have one. I'll have one. You have you split one or you both have one? We'll have both have one. We'll both I'll have, have the one. rest. All right, I got eight. All right, so then there you I'll go. I'll have half of the there's rest. Six, there's six more. You guys will be fine. Yeah. I'm on it. I'll live. Get on it. It's Saturday. I did my first Fitness Plus workout, which oh. reminded me that I have no endurance whatsoever at this point. Yeah, endurance is terrible. And, like, you can work really hard at endurance, and then, like, as soon as you stop working on it, it all goes away. Do you do, you do any of the Fitness Plus bullshit? No. No, I like I've not had time to integrate like scheduled exercise into my life like since the pandemic ruined my tr- personal training setup. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I I did an exercise routine like a upper body body strength thing from a Greg whose name is Majority G's. Oh, like G R E G G? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um Apparently that's what it takes to get in in that business. Okay, you gotta be. I believe it. Well, I mean, you know, I'm not opposed those, to some it. of those Peloton. You know, I think they all got laid off this week. Well, a lot of them did. I'm not sure if who they were, but in the beginning, the year before, when they, when were they doing had the really good year, well, the good, Wait, good year, they just they just laid them off. Yeah, like yeah. half of their I, staff. I think. I, I mean, they're trying to get bought. But. I'm, I'm just, I don't know if it's their instructors or if it's their back. You know, back yeah, I don't know. Staff I, like half of people got laid off, but a bunch of people laid off because they they haven't been doing so good. But um, it, you know, in in the beginning of the pandemic, or you know, the first year of it, um, my boss received a pelt as a gift from his girlfriend and he got really really into doing the peloton thing so he was talking about how he um was getting into like following different instructors and figured out how much they made because he was like how much do you make by being a pel- 500 600 dollars a year some of them that's Not, too much yeah uh, well you know but it was a thing too for a little while which i imagine now is starting to level off a little bit to a more reasonable the market is intervening yeah i had a great just straight up classic weight training uh personal trainer who was not getting paid five hundred thousand dollars a year and it's a f- damn shame i would pay him i would pay personally him to personally take yeah come yeah. over my house here are the weights that i have to work with train me yeah this is upsetting and he would i wish they I, I don't know if i can turn off the music i don't need the music it's already oh, annoying enough. Yeah. I stopped going to jujitsu because I didn't like the vibe. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. like I want to go to jujitsu with a bunch of other fucking tired IT guys. Just at the end of the day, it's like, look, 
we got to get the energy out. Like yeah. this is the, this is the way we're gonna do this. I want that gym vibe. It was full of UCF wrestlers yep. and like go getters. Wrestlers are rough. Very wrestlers are rough. It is what it defines toxic masculinity yes. right there. Yes. I yes. just don't like. Like this is not just a girl phenomenon, and as a half girl guy, like I'm like not I'm not about that. I want I want to just like roll, yeah, and just like do again. I'm like I'm like here to do a thing that's more exciting than like lifting weights mm-hmm. for an hour. Yeah, it's hard because even when I was doing, and they're ju- too excited. I don't yeah. like this is not that exciting. Well, they, they, they use jujitsu as the reason to live, and I'm here. Hoo-ah! Yes. And, and they're Fuck there that. as a I'm exercising my reason to live. Yeah, it yeah. sucks. I don't like yeah. that at it, all. It, it's when, culty. It's culty. It's when not I good. started, like there was a really good dynamic at the gym, but then like people come in and out. So like two years later, that dynamic was something completely fucking different. It, it's you know. weird because it's like a weird like you have to develop a weird type of physical relationship to these people. You know what I mean? It's like. You're okay being on top of each other and being very physical with each other, and then new people kind of come and go through. Well, it. you also have to and trust that these people weird. are going to fucking injure you, that's, that's and they're not all fucking cautious about that. Well, and it's bullshit. Of, no, I got injured. No, and so wrestlers are some of the most <laughs> dangerous ones because they've been trained to be fucking assholes on the mat their whole career, and they're the mo- some of the most dangerous people to train with. Yeah. yeah. No, I got I got but, thrown and yeah, cracked a rib. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the type of physical relationship I mean with these people i'm not saying you know it's it's sexual nothing though it's a physical type of relationship though and then you know i i i don't worry about that that one one needs a double partition to make any sense yeah you popped a a rib just like having someone do a demonstration two uh vertebrae uh, vertebrae yeah my back and that never been the same never been the same on a demonstration mine mine at least there's just like more cartilage here but it's fine no he is like permanently awful yeah no well you know it's one of those (laughs) things where like never had a problem in that area in your back ever and now it's like i have to crack it and never cracked before like (laughs) (laughs) you know where he did his thing whatever he did i was like oh shit Thankfully, it hasn't progressed. It's just something that, like, you rub it out or whatever, it's fine, but, geez. So, in conclusion, Greg is way too high energy, but it was useful as a wake-up call. This is one of those, it's one of those, like, weird little things that stuck with me. Seth Godin shows up on the Tim Ferriss podcast a lot. He's, like, a marketing guy. Mm -hmm. And he has a a thing where um, he talks about books, just buying an insane number of books, because every once in a while... You, you read something in a book and it's really fucking important mm-hmm. and that's worth 20 bucks yeah. like it's just like you know every once in a while like virtually none of them are winners but every once in a while it's like hey this one sentence in this book is really important and that's what I'm trying to get out of like I subscribed to Apple One finally like I just like I, I've decided I've decided I want Apple to basically control the tech side of my life like I want to just like delegate it's that, that way. fully it's kind of easier that and way and I'm, I'm bought in like the MacBook the M1 MacBook Air is a perfect laptop. Yep. I can literally. I I demonstrated this earlier this week. You can literally throw it through the air to avoid getting attacked by an insect, and it's fine. That's good. I threw it straight. I was sitting like I was sitting in a lounge chair, and like a bug of unknown providence started flying toward me, and I literally like panic threw it in the air over my shoulder to get out of the chair, and it was fine because there's. 
no moving parts in it at all. There's no fan. There's n- it weighs three pounds. Is it the uh, 13 inch? It, yeah, it's just a little one. Do you mind if I uh, just play with it for a second? Fucking not perfect. right now. Not right now. Later. It's a range. Or yeah, yeah. Um, no, and that's so Apple One. The only problem with Apple One is like you can excuse buying most expensive hardware because you can just like resell it. Like mm-hmm. the resale value on this stuff is really good. Yeah. Um, subscriptions are not that way. Like subscription, you just burn. But you get a month for free. Yeah. And it's thirty bucks a month. Mm-hmm. So you get two months basically for what might as well be zero dollars. And the news I'm not convinced on. I logged into the news, Apple News, like it's supposed to be this curated thing. Yeah. And it sucks shit. I hate it. It's the worst. Why does anyone read the news? Um the fitness thing, this one session of this one thing just like completely kicking my ass. It's probably worth the thirty bucks. Okay. Like if I never do it again, it's like, oh right, I could you be got doing a personally trained class than yeah. I'm currently doing. Yeah. No, even if I don't do the personal training again, it was just literally the reminder. It's like, oh right, I have to. Do I this. could be doing much, much, much more than I'm doing right now, like that. And that's that's all. That's the book thing. It's the it's you read the sentence that like means something. It's like this workout. It's like this is half an hour of like what wasn't described as intense working out and it's like oh right i don't do this mm-hmm. it's the aha moment <laughs> yeah. i mean it's it's not unlike so let's do the lightning round uh ryan while we let our uh, bagel dogs cook so i wrote down all 24 <laughs> of jordan peterson's rules for life oh dear god uh, i want uh i want I want your reactions to this ryan and i went through this in a, a more thorough fashion earlier uh Rule number one, stand up straight with your shoulders back. Thoughts? I mean, like, good posture is not bad, and people do respond to it. Um, I also, like, if you have bad posture and then you do, like, work, like the working out thing, if you do, like, shoulder exercises and develop your shoulders and stuff, you will have, like, less, like, neck problems. All right, so that's that sounds like a thumbs up. So I I, I think it, it it is positive. I mean, as long as you don't have some sort of like physical ailment that prevents you from it. And more importantly, I don't think there's some underhanded slight to this one in in, in any way. I think <laughs> I think he I think he's sincere when he says no. You'll look better if you just pull your shoulders back and blah blah blah. You'll do better for your. That's good. All right, Ryan and I did not take that tack, but we'll call that a thumbs up. Number two, treat yourself like you are someone you are responsible for helping. This is going to take me a minute. Um, (laughs) Treat yourself. I know what they're saying. Treat yourself like you are someone you are responsible for helping. Yes, because you forget who you you forget to treat yourself. Treat yourself. Yes. You forget to take care of yourself when you take care of other things. So is that all that means? I mean, I'm sure there's you can unpack it in more ways. Treat yourself like you are someone you're responsible for helping. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much just be responsible for your shit. It's it's wordy. Yeah, it's wordy. It's it's Jordan Peterson. <laughs> All right, here we go. You ready? I, oh. I, I find that I respond best on average to objectification. Oh, that's, that's that's my commentary. That's, that's David's commentary. So this was my this was my contention about this. I don't want to get into this because we already discussed it too much. But um, so so when when I think about treating myself Treat uh, for someone, you know, in, in the surrogate of like helping someone else, I'm really good at being objectified 
And I find that that's very helpful. And the problem is that no one else agrees with that. <laughs> so should I treat everybody else like that? And the answer is probably no. So this rule doesn't work for me very well. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, number three. All right, number three. Make friends with people who want the best for you. That's impossible. <laughs> Like, like that's it's, it's easy for you to say if you happen to have no anxiety and you can go and hang yeah, out with like, people. Yeah, like, like, like I don't know people in higher fucking like social, like people who are helpful. And like, how can you really trust like that more than two people want the best for you? I mean, in in a Hallmark movie, it's great. You know, that oh, sounds like a thumbs down. My friends, I they all support me, and that's great. In reality, is a lot of people re- don't yeah. got nobody. <laughs> yeah, yeah man. like in reality, like how the fuck are you supposed to do that? <laughs> okay, so thumbs down. All right, yeah, I'm calling number, a thumbs down. Number four. Next, compare Com- yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. Well, that sounds like someone who doesn't have crippling anxiety and depression. I don't understand this either. <laughs> all right, that's a thumbs down, pretty much out of the gate. Uh, number five, do not let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. Nicole, you have the floor. I mean, like, how do you do that? <laughs> I think, well, you know, because I went through a early on a JPP phase, right? And and there was a different quote that was similar to this. That was something like, Oh, no, I remember that. Kids, wait, wait, it was something about, like, raise your kids as if you want everyone to like yeah, them. Yeah, like, like, to be the most popular person. I was like... That's impossible to do. Like, I have ASD and people think I'm weird. Like, that's never going to be a fucking option to be the, the popular one. How can you fucking train a kid to do that? Like, your kid can even fucking do that or it can't. So, like, fuck off. Well, this so, is the like, problem with this fuck off. It doesn't. It doesn't at all take into consideration anyone that's not, like... Yeah, you have so little control over yeah. whether people like and dislike you. Yeah. So number uh, <laughs> number six, yeah, I would, I would call that an open and shut case. Set your house in perfect order before you criticize the world. This was Ryan's favorite. That's Fuck fascism. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. My desk is messy. I still do good work. No. Okay. So so every rule that you read from here on out, what I want you to do is put the first clause of this rule in front of it. So set your house in perfect order before you pursue what is meaningful and not what is expedient. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, wait, where's my window? Oh, fuck. We didn't smoke a joint before we started oh, this. Oh, we can't smoke inside. I need to Okay. We could always take a pause and come back, but we'd lose our momentum. <laughs> okay, no, so go, you're supposed go. to add fascism before the next 20 fucking points? I mean, that is the ideology. Okay. okay All right, right, so what do you feel about pursue what is meaningful, not what is expedient? How are you supposed to... Def- I don't understand well, pursuing look, things. Look, I think that's not a bad... That's not that's not bad to, to try to tell children, hey, you know... Seek what is that's what it's actually my brother gave this story today. He was telling me about how he raised his child and was always saying how like you know I always told her to just go do something that you want to do, do something cool, do as something as long as you meaningful. don't dislike it. 
Exactly. Exactly. And <laughs> as long as your room is clean before you do it, I get. I don't know. He, no, Rick also then said he does not give a shit about liking his child directly after that. No, I get that. I'm so, just saying, but that that's not the part. He yeah, that's rule five. Okay. Yeah, there you go. It, it's more about the you know pursue what is meaningful, and that's what Rick was point was. He was trying to t say that I taught my kid to pursue what's meaningful, and that's what you know. He, but the thing is, they both grew like like they both. Both let each other like dislike each other substantially. Well, like, that's a different topic. Yeah. So anyway. Well, that would be nonconformist. So I don't think there's any again anything underhandedly wrong with number seven. Okay. I just think it's it's a lot of this is easier said than done. Uh -huh. Talking to people who've tried many self-help and therapy and weird things over the years. Well, this, <laughs> according to him, all you need is these rules. Listen, as someone who's never had an answer to what I want to be when I grow up, like, You're I don't You're going to love the rest of the rules. I don't... <laughs> like, like, I basically... Well, no, because when, even when I listen to to Jordan Peterson, I was like, this is basically like just like a lot of tests I'm failing. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, like st I don't even I don't even know wouldn't even know how to All do right. that. Okay, that's right. rule number eight: tell the truth, or at least don't lie. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I'm a pretty truthful person. So I, I mean, come whatever. on, let's just move on. There, right, of course, we want right, thumbs up. Number nine: assume that the person you are listening to might know something you don't. Okay. For the most part, for <laughs> I'm I do, sure. I do, okay. For the most part, I'm sure it's very possible. Number ten, be precise in your speech. Why doesn't he practice this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, touche. <laughs> All right, keep going. Next one. Number eleven, do not bother children while they are skateboarding. Okay. Fine. Sure. All right. I mean, I'm, I'm all for the skate kids. Sure. Whatever. Number twelve, pet a cat when you encounter one on the street. I mean, if the cat will allow you to approach it, like, what the fuck is this? Hey, wait, this is this, this is not this, his wait, rules. He just that was this is one of the rules. Yes, this is the final rule in the first book. No, wow, that's okay. number twelve. All right, let's keep it rolling. That's the ultimate rule. Let's go to the next. I one. have All questions, right, so but I'm, I don't want to get into any of them. And then he became uh, very famous and had to put out a book called Twelve More Rules. He, yeah, but life. he did this. He did this after Benzos ruined his brain and COVID. No. No, I'm pretty sure he wrote this before that. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, Benzos may have ruined his brain in the 40s, but um, no, he wasn't hospitalized for them before writing this book. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. One, do not carelessly denigrate social institutions or creative achievement. Okay. That is the dumbest wait, thing wait, I've ever what? fucking heard. Carelessly denigrate social... Wait, 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 Yeah, wait, don't wait. say bad things about the CIA, Lou. Wait, wait, wait. Social institutions or creative <laughs> achievement... I feel like he does this constantly, though. <laughs> yeah, don't question the systems around you, Lou. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so next. All right, so thumbs down. Imagine who you could be and then aim single-mindedly at that, Nicole. Like I have an inability to do whatever that is. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Number three, do not hide unwanted things in the fog. Okay. Sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. Fog. Yeah. Steam. That's cool. Not under it's, the rug. Hey, yeah. it's alright. I mean, I, I don't want people to stub their toe on my shit, so sure. <laughs> Number four. Notice that opportunity lurks... <laughs> I'll finish that one. Number four, notice that opportunity lurks where responsibility has been abdicated. 
What the fuck is going hey, you see on? That, you see that thing crouched over there in the bushes? It's lurking. <laughs> <laughs> it's opportunity lurking in there. Waiting for some unsuspecting victim. Oh, I mean, this is just some fucking like like entrepreneurial yeah. fucking grind set mindset <laughs> that's, nonsense. That's a meme. Okay, yeah. that's a fucking meme. Yeah, like okay. whatever. Hate control. Yeah. Number five. Do not do what you hate. Okay. Well, gee, wouldn't that be great? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna go ahead and agree with that. That's yeah. Thumbs up. Sure. Number six, abandon ideology. I'd be like, okay, you too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Well, sure. Whatever. Tell me about that. Number <laughs> seven, work as hard as you possibly can on at least one thing and see what happens. Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, okay, yeah, you have this rule. <laughs> Is like yeah, these like, are just sp- oddly specific enough to be like sure. Yeah, I mean, all of these or, are just or, or like are, enough, I mean. are like, just like oh, you know what you want to do, work towards it. Well, you know right. what, I've never known what I wanted to do. So what am I supposed to do, motherfucker? That's right. Fuck off. Oh shit. Okay, Max. All right. Eight. Try to make one room in your home as beautiful as possible. I mean, sure, but not everyone can afford to do that. Yeah. And not even everyone has the executive function to do That's that. That's also a true thing. Look, it's all about try. Try is the, it's the first verb. We try every day. I wake up trying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine. If old memories still upset you, write them down carefully and completely. That is... Uh, journal. Sure. Yeah. I, like, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say no, thumbs no, up until I, that like, happened. No, I don't want to fucking... No, she doesn't want to write things down. No, I'm, I'm too upset to fucking write things down at that point. Like, so how <laughs> is that helpful? <laughs> Number 10, plan and work diligently to maintain the romance in your relationship. I agree I mean, with that's that. fine. <laughs> All right, thumbs up. Number 11, do not allow yourself to become resentful, deceitful, or arrogant. That's a wide range of things. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, like, you know, yeah, just don't be a dick, I guess. Well, let's get through this. All right, and yeah. number 12, be grateful in spite of your suffering. Well, as the, like, as someone who God clearly hates, um, and who has been, like, suffering greatly with, like, all sorts of weird diseases, like, he has to adopt that policy so i mean um, you know there are a bunch of like it's almost like just platitudes i just you know some of yourself. these are yeah of bonkers. course we know that we're supposed to be kind to ourselves My brain I like, but you know what you know you know what it doesn't say anywhere at no point does it say be nice to like other people <laughs> yeah. nowhere yeah. not in any of these things well, I guess the don't be deceitful. That's not no, it. actually, there's one that's specifically oh, I guess like you're a just fuck not, you to that, and it is treat yourself like you are someone you're responsible for. But that's for what helping. I mean. Uh, yeah, basically, it's like even if you're nice to people, like, I guess treat yourself like that, that's sure. But, like, none of these are about, like, being, like, nice to the people around you no, in I, any way. They're, they're remarkably insular. Y- they're all, they're, like, yeah, it, like, frighteningly insular. No, and the, the one that annoys me the most is number four here compare yourself to who you were yesterday not to someone else's today is a very myopic thing to do because that it means seems you're like not bad talking, advice you're not talking to anybody else you're not in dialogue with no, the world none of that's, around that's you. what's so weird or, like or these that it's also insinuating that every day needs to be like a, a, a that, progression from yesterday when days, at the end of the day it doesn't no days days are overrated 
Days are incredible. I, yeah. I that's a rant that needs to still so happen. Here's the thing, days, but days. Not only you can have a good week, do not have a good day. Days. <laughs> that's way too much pressure. But no, that's way too much fucking and pressure. Uh, so much shit goes on in the day. Yeah. <laughs> so he he uh he like uh, uh fucking like cogitated on all these rules. <laughs> he I wrote a so. fucking book uh, about each of these. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. This one's about lobsters. Of course it is. We talked about that specifically, but yeah. Consider no, the lobster. We, we, we used to, before he went all really wacky, we, we like heard his whole lobster, like fucking lectures and all yeah. that shit. And Look, I still like a good Jordan Peterson lecture. I like the way he just like goes off on topics. Tangents and yeah, shit. I, li- yeah. I like that stuff. That's fine. No, it was Just it was don't kind of, base the world it on it. It was kind of mesmerizing a little bit. Um but you know, I like l- I'm dude, also I willing <laughs> to say, like, okay, this is I'm not dude, his buying le- it anymore. His lecture on Pinocchio is one of my favorite college lectures of yeah. all time. He breaks down that film to like moral bases. I love. Oh, that. I've listened to that. One. Oh, it's yeah. so Multiple good. Times. <laughs> it's so good. How much of your worldview should be based on it? That's an open question. But like reviewing Pinocchio, no one's yeah. done it better. Yeah. I aspire to review Pinocchio as well as Jordan Peterson. I know the problem is is you'd have to watch Disney movies that closely. I will not yeah. do so. That's I won't yeah. do it either. I did enjoy those those biblical series and stuff. I mean, they were just good stories. I thought. Oh, we can actually cover this now that we have other people in the room. Yeah. Um, uh, Nicole Lou, what is your review of Steve Jobs, Tim Cook's Apple Watch? Uh, you know, I think it's it. it, it wait, she's going to have a, a witty opinion about it, but I think it's good. <laughs> but it's just it's a convenient thing. It's a luxury, that's for sure. But there are just some stupid things that make it not great. You know what I mean? See, I, I mean, yeah, it's it's fine. See, there's some silly things that are really cool about it. Um. I probably don't use it for enough, like, of the things that are available, but that's, like, everything. Like, I use my phone for very little, you know. I love this watch because it means I don't touch my phone ever anymore. (laughs) I love the fact that it sucks at replying to things because it means if I don't really, really need to reply to something... Oh, yeah, you can't reply to something on your watch. You just don't. You just fucking let it go. And that has been secretly because i i remember i was reading reviews for the very first apple watch and it was like man the notifications and the having to recharge it and all this shit is like but at least it's a fitness thing i don't give a shit about the fitness thing in fact i think the fitness side of it is distracting having done one of those fitness plus workouts because i just look at my like heart rate the whole time <laughs> oh, which really? is completely unnecessary i can tell what my heart rate is because it's affecting my brain <laughs> i can tell how exhausted i am like I can just do a second. I can take a second and go, oh, I'm really tired right now. I'm about to throw up. I shouldn't keep, like... But it's also what drives a lot of interest to activities like that is the stupid details and the numbers. I just... That stuff sucks, but the... But (coughs) all the fitness stuff I don't like about this watch, other than... The fireworks display you get when you stand up 12 times a day. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. I think that is the most post-capitalist horseshit. Yep. I'm here for it. I stood up after I was already done in the bed. I had my last one, and I was like, fuck you, watch. I stood up, and then I took the watch off for the night. Hoo-ah. No, that's... The fitness stuff is all incredibly overrated. However, the assessment of notifications is where the value in this watch yes. really lives. yes. Because I get to see everything, 
but I just make a much faster assessment of whether I have to respond to any of those things. Because on the phone, if I if I had to pick up the phone to see what people were saying, I might as well respond to it. With the watch, it sucks so bad to respond, I just don't. Yep. And that's going to be worth $400 <clears throat> over three years, pretty much guaranteed. Is that why you don't respond to any of the Telegram stuff? It's impossible to reply to a Telegram message on it's, your stupid watch. No, and I want to be engaged. I want to like, I want to send the right thing. <laughs> and I'm not going to do that over the watch <laughs> or the phone, for that matter. I want to. I have to be in the laptop. I got to be. The screen the has to be at least thirteen inches before I can send an intelligent response. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, and on that basis, it's awesome. Also, Siri works better on the watch than yeah, it does on does. the that phone. That is true. She does. True. Which I, is the weirdest. Fucking I don't thing. understand why that is. I don't get it either. But it, it's absolutely true. Yeah. She never misunderstands me on the on the watch. I, I don't get it. But yeah. It's no the, the Siri actually does the, the it works the way it's supposed yeah. to. On but the basically, as a podcasting streaming device, which is what I use my phone for, it's great because it's way less clunky than my phone. Although, I it does like flake out and I have to like reload it more than like my phone podcast. App. And they have the cool walkie-talkie app, which I think that's is cool. actually pretty neat when it works. When it works. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of a, I think maybe a seventy-five twenty-five. I think it's gearing up a little bit better. Last few times I've tried it, it's always worked. Okay, but it's always struggled in the when the watch is connected to Wi-Fi and you walk away from range, and it's now disconnected. It takes a while for the cellular to kick. Yeah, up. I find that because I have certain dead spots in the yard, and it never wants to like kick up to the cellular. We keeps wanting to. Try and oh, try you have and the get cellular to that. version yeah. of it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I just have the GPS. It was okay. only okay. The $10 more, like a month or something on the bill. So my company pays my phone bill, so He's that was He's getting in that direction. So. Mm, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I can get a company phone now if I wanted one. Um, but I didn't. I was like, I don't care. I don't fucking care. Unless You just get like a phone stipend. Well, that's the thing. So they, they're they supposed to give me a phone stipend, which is in my, my paycheck. Um, but then someone would – when we were with Convergex, a oh, previous yeah, you company – Oh, yeah, you said the, the defunct company gets a better, better kickback from so the phone bill. So you can go bill. into like – I don't know what the actual URL is, but it's something like business.verizon.com or whatever. And it's – let's say you your company has a Verizon account. Well, you can type in like your email address and it knows the domain and it says, oh, well, you know, such and such company gets an 18% discount on their bill, which is, you know, rather substantial. So when you did my company, my, you know, my current company's domain and all that, it picked up, it says you have an 8% discount or like, okay. And someone goes, wait a minute, that's a lot less than it used to be when we were at the company before that my company had bought. Um, and it was like, okay, well, let's put in our old email address. It still works. It still comes to our mailbox. So let's just type it in. We typed it in. It gets a 23%. I'm wondering if you discount. could just combine them now with both of them. I don't know. Well, what I did was is I uh, I set up my bill with the more, you know, with the better discount for now. For now. And then I contacted my accounts payable department and said, hey, uh, we are working on a big Verizon deal right now to provide our traders and stuff with phones. Um, you, like... Here, this, there's a weird discrepancy here. Maybe you can work out getting our company a much bigger discount or whatever. So, I don't know. We'll see. What All that. right, so sounds like worth a shit, yes. Uh, Twitter was on the fence. Wordle? Not used. I liked it, but then I was, I was hacking it. 
I was figuring out the word in one computer. <laughs> <laughs> and I was tweeting it on the other. <laughs> so and no one picked up on it, but for like a week or two, I had fucking just solid one-line wordles. I'm just, I'm, I don't know. That, that seems like a flex most people would Absolutely. not worry about. Ryan was looking at my <laughs> copy of the National Geographic I picked up because yeah. I went to Publix to buy a gas card, and I only had 44 bucks worth of food. So I bought a $15 National Geographic, which was more than the discount for the gas card. Jeez. Um, so that new, that Nat Geo right there cost me $5, assuming I cash the gas card. Well, I just got about $1.50 worth out of it. So That's awesome. Uh, that's great to that. hear. <laughs> I haven't opened it. So it's just here in case anybody else. I, nice. I like coffee table books. I'm going to eventually, like I'm almost there. Almost every book on that shelf is a coffee table book at this point because I don't really read books for information. That's not really what I'm there for. You're not looking Once. for that one tidbit of truth? That one no, I just, I, no, I return those books. I get rid of them. Like that, bo <laughs> that bookshelf is very specific. It covers a really precise set of ground. Like it's Tools of Titans, which is literally just a bunch of hints telling you to work more. And then uh, it's what? Uh, crossword puzzles? <laughs> and uh, Ur building. Ursula Le Guin, uh, Batman, the Blu-ray collection. Nice. Um, yeah, no. My Zog compendium up there. No, I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm honing in on a truth. Like Marie Kondo talks about the concept of it's like you know read the book or don't and like send it on its way and thank it for its service. I'm almost there. Like right. there's only like 20 books I actually give a shit about, and they're almost all represented there now. Uh, five of them are furry erotica novels, um, but that's you know that's life. We'll um, allow it. Yeah. Yeah. There's the drill book <laughs> with all of his tweets in it. It's hyperbole and a half. That's a. Great, I need to reread that book. It's yeah, that one's long. good. Oh, yeah. so I guess Rogan is not commentating the fights tonight. Uh, did you? Um, I got some bagels. Yeah. Uh, some bagel bagel dogs. Bagels. Bagel yeah, dogs. and if we're gonna watch this Chinese oh, yeah, yeah, epic, no, we need no, to we get need going. To get to it. No, I've already had a long no, day. No, we're way over time. I'm just, I'm just stalling. Okay. Um, yeah, that's 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 basically. Is this a wrap? Yeah, that's that's good enough. We're gonna watch Korean War brought to you by China, brought to you specifically by the publicity office of the Chinese Communist Very Party. Great. The most expensive film they have ever produced. Is it really? Oh yeah, two hundred million dollars. There are right. seventy thousand extras in this film. Okay. I guess China can do shit like that, yeah, right? They, they can. Okay. Well, these epics that come out of there are some—they're fucking epics. Yeah. No, they know what that word means. They got it. Let's just, do this. I can just end this at any time. Bought these cards. These dragon double backs. I don't know why I did that. I have like 18 packs of cards. A little bit of Foley work there. Um, I bought these for cardistry at some point over winter break before I figured out that I need to stop doing so many things every day. And I'll probably still mess around with these cards a little bit because I do like shuffling cards at a minimum. But I don't know how much manual dexterity is actually required and I guess more to the point practice, practice, practice uh, to get any good at juggling cards. It just, it, it's one of those weird little things. I mean, especially if I'm going to lead a life as a substitute teacher here soon at some point. Uh, it, it's the kind of thing that I would like to have 
in my back pocket in a literal sense is things to wow small children. And what could do that more ably than a deck of cards? I also bought a, uh, a Bala song as part of this stint of random little nonsense to get good at parlor tricks. Um, a Bala song is the name that I just learned for a butterfly knife. Uh, I didn't buy an actual butterfly knife because that has a blade on it and I can't be trusted with those. So instead it's got like a fake waffled out pattern on it that roughly looks like a knife and it's plenty good for twirling. Uh, if you're good at it, I'm not. So I just, I don't, I don't like drop it, but it just constantly fumbles in my hand. And even so it's fun to twirl it around. Um, I highly recommend it if you're a fidget spinner type person. Uh, I'm not generally, I don't usually do too much. Like I fidget with my hands, but I don't like there being stuff in my hands. Cause I don't want to, I don't need to, I guess would be the way to say it. I don't need to encourage it. But it's it's definitely a um, it's a much more it's a leveled up version of uh, fidget spinner. It's much more it's much more entertaining to try to do that at a minimum. It's kind of like pen twirling. I guess that's another stupid skill that I could pick up that people had. This is a Dimitri Martin joke. I should get off of it. Um, God, what else is happening around here? I need to get back to High Fleet. High Fleet is such a kick ass game. Um, High Fleet is the Hunt for Red October game that always seems like it should exist and it just never does in a compelling fashion uh you play as the heir apparent to a russian ish empire um in what is basically a dune planet uh, you're flying around in aircraft that are essentially capable of hovering uh you shoot at bad guys in cities and on the map you're trying to get your way sort of ftl style to the top of the map where the city kiva is uh housing a very important nuclear reactor um and uh, you have to avoid enemies on the way up there you can sort of fight your way through but the secret sauce of the game is that it's it's all about the stuff they don't tell you right it's um it's a signals intelligence game. You have these extremely diegetic components. You have a radio that you can intercept broadcasts on. Um, you have a map that has the cities, but it also has um, a pencil and a ruler and not a protractor, but a compass that you can draw on the map because as you get signals intercepted either on radar or radio or infra, I think you have an IR scanner as well, um, you can mark down the direction those things are coming from and you can sort of get an idea. They use um, relatively templatic, I think templatic is a word, it should be if it's not, um, like a template messages to send back and forth between the various convoys that are going around. There are strike groups looking for you and there are merchant ships trying to avoid you and these kinds of, they're sending these messages back and forth and you can, you can decode them and you know which direction they're coming from. And even if you don't get all the word, you almost never get all the words in the message. Um, you can sort of piece together what they say just based on, um, based on the fact that they're using occasionally uh, as the game goes on, they go with a cipher so that you're not, you're not getting the messages straight out. You have to find a cipher key or you can just be okay at um, substitution decryption and you can just kind of figure out what the things say. For example, if a message, if, if the first five letters of a message are just like, why, 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 um, that's always the same. 
you don't have to decode that because that's the call sign for the ship that's sending the message. Um, and then you can sort of infer what's in the message based on the size of it and the shape. It's 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 a very cool system because the, the the premise is that you're trying. You're, you don't ever want to get into a direct conflict because you get hurt more than you um, profit from doing so. So you you have a battalion, you have a big old capital ship, and then you get a bunch of little ships, and you send the little ships off on missions, and you got missiles, and you shoot. There's a combat system in it. Um, the combat is okay. Uh, the feel of this game is outstanding. The sound design is outstanding. Just the way that it looks, like, for... For raw feel, this is like maybe a top 10 of all time kind of game. It is so visually cohesive. Um, it doesn't necessarily look... Uh, that's not fair. I would say some parts of it do look beautiful. Um, particularly in combat when you're doing salvos, the way that things explode on the screen. It's got a very grainy effect to it. Uh, the silhouettes are very stark. Uh, and it's very uh, it's very small scale. You're not close up because it's basically a bullet hell configuration where you see the entire horizon and you're just looking at a two-dimensional plane um, trying to dodge bullets and blow up the other guy. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, no, that game's extremely cool. I fell off it after my first almost... Uh, I, I guess that's not fair to call it an almost victory. I got to the final stage. Um, and was not prepared for it and lost pretty quickly. Um, and it didn't feel like I had the patience to go back and uh, start again from scratch. But I think I do now. I think I, I think I could start it back up and do it again. I'm only hesitant to do it because I don't want to lock myself into one game. Uh, the way that I'm starting to see myself doing that this way. I'm not playing that many games to begin with. I'm not even doing that many recreational activities per se. Because... Uh, a lot of the productive stuff I'm doing is satisfying to do in and of itself right now. But uh, I do kind of want to keep up with video games for reasons I can't fully explain, at least not off the top of my head. I don't, the, the reasoning is not forthcoming. Um, 12 games, like if I told myself I'm going to play a game every month for the next year, that wouldn't feel like enough. And maybe it is enough. I mean, especially given that I don't have to play every game for the purpose of survey, given how slowly I play them, I can actually just review the literature and decide which one to play based on, like, an educated guess uh, from the people that I still listen to that talk about games. I mean, that's how I found out about High Fleet. High Fleet came out last year, uh, a long time ago, frankly. And I only just found out about it because I listened to a podcast and uh, Rob Zachney was talking about it. And I generally trust his judgment on that kind of thing. Um, and I'm grateful for that. Thanks, Rob. Um, but I don't have anything interesting to say about it because I didn't write it down. And I haven't been writing things down and I need to get back to writing things down. That's part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast right now is to force myself to start putting out, uh, even if they're not essays, putting out some kind of media um, out of obli uh, obligations maybe too strong. But I need to, yeah, my, my thoughts are getting cluttered. Uh, they don't feel very deep right now. They feel, I was going to just say superficial, which is the just the thing I just said. Um, I'm trying to fill air right now, and that's totally unnecessary. I'll have to get used to this. I don't like, I don't like the attitude that a lot of podcasts have that 
They feel the need to fill the air like radio. I wonder if that's some sort of requirement on the radio that they're not allowed to have dead air. It's kind of a an odd... Is it an affect that they have? Where they can't they can't let just nothing be on for more than, you know, half a second. They have to just perfectly segue from one person to the other. The sentences aren't allowed to breathe. I didn't... It's... I don't know. It feels it feels like put upon. It almost feels like a creative constraint to what you can say, that it has to fill all the air from period to period, which is what I'm doing right now. I mean, I haven't. You know, if you if you have a podcast app that allows you to cut out silences, it's not going to save you a whole lot of time right now. I'm basically filling the whole space, and that's again that's constraining. It's not only rhetorically constraining; it's also uh, it also impedes my ability to talk about things deeply because I'm too obsessed with the rhythm of what I'm saying. I'm not willing to pause and consider what I should say next. It just has to flow. And occasionally that's fine. I'm, I'm reasonably good at confabulation and filibustering and the rest of it. But sometimes it makes sense to recharge. And I've been recharging for two years, so maybe I guess it'll be fine. We can test out all the spooky names. Spooky, Spookadoo, Spookadee, Spooktown, Spookalanimus, The Book, Bookie, Bookie Boogie, Boogie Boogie, Boogie Boogoo, The Boogie Boogoo. And that's basically it. All right, so what happened in the schema this week? Um, I went down to three things a day. The second I stopped uh, the podcast recording for the four things a day, I went down to three. Three is extremely natural. It goes seven to 12, 12 to five, five to 10. Or morning, afternoon, evening. It's perfect. If you can actually do it, of course. Um, I was not managing to do it. Five hours, it turns out, is actually long enough that it becomes difficult. Or at least there's a little bit of overhead involved. Um, with four things a day, there's a little less. You can, you can sort of like play with the difference between the different periods. Less so with three. Um, when you only have three, it feels a little more precious. It feels a little too precious in some ways. I could see if you had a proper mission statement and you really know what you want you could get away with doing three things a day. I don't know that that's practical. But one of the other elements of this, I didn't actually do three things a day for terribly long. I started to instead emphasize weeks, which are the proper amount of time to get something done in for a couple of reasons. I think it makes sense to focus on weeks as opposed to days for reasons that I already discussed. A day is just too short. Trying to have a good day every day is a huge pain in the ass. It's way too high pressure. It forces you to do a lot of piddly things just to stop gap your life. And I don't think that's appropriate. I don't think you should exercise every day. I don't think you should sleep well every day. I don't think you should work good every day. I don't like there's no there's nothing that you ought to be doing every I don't really even think you should be eating every day. Just across the board, daily activities are hugely overemphasized. And they're overemphasized, again, for reasons that we already discussed. It's, you know, it's habituation. It's something that you do in order to make sure that it happens. 
but you make sure that it happens in the most minimum viable way possible. And that's not, that's not good. You don't want to do that. You want to think about it a little harder. The week, the week, that's where you do it. The, oh, the other, the other reason why a week is a good emphasis uh, has to do with days. And that is the scourge of the Christian seven-day week. Because seven days is just the wrong number for everything. I mean, the 5-2 split of the weekend weekdays, that sucks complete ass. You can't divide seven into anything else terribly easily. What, like 313-2221? Like, it's just garbage. It's a terrible length of time unless you don't bother to split it that way because you stop caring about days then you don't have to worry about it. You have seven days within a week, and however you happen to dispose those is up to you. And the most important part about that is it doesn't interfere with anybody else's life. One of the chronic problems with redesigning the schemas by which I do my work is that not everybody else is along for the ride. And by everyone else, I mean literally, literally everyone else, including the people who live with me. Um, I'm barely keeping up with those schedules. I can't possibly expect anybody else to. But when you're assigning things by the week, you get to plan ahead a little bit and you can actually incorporate everyone else's schedule properly. Because you're not focused on getting everything done within a day. You're not even focused on getting things done, you know, between 12 to 5 or in the morning or in the eat. Like, you, you earmark things when it makes sense to do them. That's the proper scheduling. I don't want to do more than five things a day. I think even under this schema where weeks are the emphasis and I don't have a real schema built out for this. I haven't properly written down or codified this. I think five is probably still a practical maximum because you don't want to switch mindsets more often than that. Five is appropriate. But maybe they don't all have to be four hours. Maybe one of them can be shorter. I think that's probably fine. You could maybe incorporate a checkbox into... But no, you don't want to incorporate it in every day. See, I'm already trying to undermine my own system. The week is the correct measurement. It's the correct yardstick. You should be able... Having a good day every day is completely unsustainable. Having a good week, I think you can pull that off. I think you can pull off having a good week every week. That's doable. Especially if you've managed to focus. I miss... I already miss doing four things a day for the clarity of purpose that it gave me. I don't know that I can go back at this point. Because it's something that I did already and I'm very bad at trudging back through old territory. But man, did I like feeling like I just, I did the four things I set out to do during the day and I did them. And that, that amounted to a good day. That was all it took. That was nice. I think I'm okay with going with a good week though. And you can feel like with a good day, there's always like caveats. You got to be like, eh, this there's like an hour I wasted, like I napped or like for whatever, like a week. Nah, man, you can actually pump your fist on a week. I think that's, I think that's the right amount of time. And fuck months. Months are garbage. Months are too long and too short at the same time. 30 days is too much to plan, but it's not that far into the future. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not a season. A season's fine. 90 days 
Like, that's not long-term, but it's like thinking into the future. A month, that's nothing. A week, that's right in front of you, but it's enough time to get something done. If you need to order something, you can order it on Monday. It shows up on Thursday, and you can work on it from Thursday to Saturday. A week works. A month? Fuck that. No more months. And the calendar now reflects this. The calendar that I have up in um, the other room is 18 weeks instead of months. The week is the natural unit. I think that's truly the natural unit. Thanks, God. Um, yeah. Maybe that's because I've been off Twitter, but, you know, it's possible to be off Twitter. I recommend logging off Twitter. It's very useful. I should have done it much earlier. I'm back on it. I basically just favorite uh, hot dogs at this point. Um, and that's, that's a great use of that platform. You should do that. You should not use it for politics. It's not a good platform for politics. You can't do anything on the website. You can only incite rage. And rage is undirected. And uh, that's, not, that's not useful. Pointing things out, I, there was a, um, I referred to it earlier in this podcast. I don't know whether we'll edit this conversation out, but I referred to a reveal from the, uh, the public office of disclosures or whatever the hell it's called, uh, that the CIA is collecting all the same information the NSA was accused of collecting by Snowden and Glenn Greenwald by extension. Uh, a decade ago, the CIA is collecting all that shit instead of the NSA. And I didn't post that. The reason I didn't post that, you can hear from the conversation I had in the podcast itself. It's pointless. There's absolutely no point in broadcasting that information. Everybody assumes it's true. No one behaves like it's true. No one's actually behaving like anyone's listening to their conversations. But everybody just goes, oh, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> I'm not stupid or ignorant or I know everything that's going on. And nobody does. Nobody acts like they do. Like, it's it's a facade, but it's just a fucking useless facade. And that's all Twitter lets you do. There was an amazing... So there was fallout from a for-profit convention organization called Corgi Events, LLC, recently. It is the only... I think it's the only for-profit con furry convention corporation that currently exists. They sent out a press release about ill doings with the founder of that organization, uh, Treble Vanderen, also known as Corey Woods. I only knew him as Treble. My primary interaction with him was to fire, not fireman carry, I don't know what a fireman carry is, but I carried the arms, and he carried the legs of a drunk guy out onto the balcony of a hotel room. That's about the extent of my interaction with this guy. He was accused of embezzling, credibly accused of embezzling funds from a fursuiter, and he's been accused less credibly, but absolutely believably, of all kinds of ill-doings in the background of running Corgi events, of which he is the sole proprietor with employees underneath him. Uh, furry conventions, as a general rule, are run as nonprofits. This is done for a handful of reasons. Um, the primary one of which is that it gets the fucking profit motive out of the system. Like a, prof a 501c3, 
I think that's still the acronym. That's a pain in the ass legally to maintain, but it does clarify your mission statement. It makes sure that everybody is on the same page about the point of making money at these cons, which is that if you show up for the dealer's den or you show up in the artist's alley, you know, it's fine to sell your wares, but the purpose of the convention is to get a bunch of perverts in a room and bond. Um, not even sexually, although that absolutely also happens all over the place. Just like, it's just a place, to use the overused term, it's a place to vibe out. And by making it a 501c3, you affirm that. Corey Events did no such thing. It was, um, it was, it was developed with purpose, and it could have, you know, in, you know, I'm a, I'm a hopeless American. Like I think that it is possible to run a, a quote unquote profitable for a convention. I think that could be done, but in this case, it was not done. And one of the board members of Corgi Events, which I don't know what that term could possibly even mean given that it's a sole proprietorship, but leaving that to the side. Posted a six-page screed about what's going on in the background of administering hotels and paying for things, and it was bad. It turns out hotel negotiations are tremendously complicated. There's a lot of ins and outs, and you have to pay a lot of money up front, and there's a lot of obligations, and if you cancel, you are fucked. But anyway, that's sort of side. Someone responded to this six-page screed with, can anyone summarize exactly what's happening with Corgi events? And then someone said, it's right here, just read it. And then that person responded, come on, it's six pages long, skull emoji. And that's really all you need to know about Twitter. There were six pages from an insider detailing the information. It was paragraphized. If you wanted to, you could just read the first sentence of every paragraph to get a summary of what was going on. Too much work. Too much work. They wanted to know exactly what was going on in a summary format that they couldn't skim from these pages. I don't know what to do with that. I think the solution is to simply cut every person like that out of my life. I think that's probably the correct answer. But that's hard to do. Because it's almost everyone, including me sometimes. And at the risk of being one of these self-care people who says do better, I say do better. Read. Figure out what's actually going on. Don't summarize. Do not TLDR. Actually fucking investigate the thing. Don't pretend to be informed. Oh, that's what I was talking about. I was talking about the CIA. Yeah, so you don't actually know what the CIA is doing. You're just pretending you know what the CIA is doing, and that's enough to coast through life. That's fine. But why are you doing that? What the fuck is the point of coasting through this? This is the whole thing. This is the totality. Know something about it. Wow, this got very ranty. I like this energy. I wish I had someone here to bounce it off of. I don't know who, though.
It's weird because like any individual person I think I can work with, like one-on-one podcasts are excellent. It's as soon as there's three or four, let alone, that's why I only put out four microphones. Four is the most you can handle. The intensity of a one-on-one conversation is outstanding. But then it dilutes as you get to three or four. The energy picks up. The energy picks up. And that's great. Especially for extemporaneous conversation. Three or four people is great. But if you have a topic, if you know what you're talking about, it only takes two. It takes two people. It might only take one if you're any good at this at all. Which I'm not willing to assert that I'm good enough at it to hold it on my own. I guess I'm going to for about half an hour here and that'll be marked out appropriately by me in the editing. So you'll be able to see that in the episode notes where you can just skip this because unless you like rants from me um, and there's only one human on earth that I know likes rants from me because he gets them all the time and he doesn't seem to want to interrupt them. Um, Yeah. But I'll always feel like these rants are subpar, which means that I will edit them, which means they will not be pure. They will not be, they certainly won't be uncut. Um, I refuse to do that out of some sort of fiduciary duty. But, yeah. I want to stand while I'm doing this, but I don't have the equipment to do that just yet. I need to make sure that I create that.